You're listening to Age of Empire, a Horus Heresy podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of year two of Edge of Empire, uh, which is a Horus Heresy podcast. I think we've already said that, but never mind. Um, <laughs> um, tonight on the show, what we're going to do is we're going to have a quick look at this month's new releases. Um, we're going to um, give you an update of what we've been up to hobby-wise and game-wise this month. Then we're going to have a run-through of this month's news in our State of the Union. Uh, we're going to take a look at the um, upcoming releases from Black Library. Um, there is a release, but it's not out until um, today, if you're downloading this on day of release. So we can't review it if we haven't got it. Nope. <laughs> we're going to go through a rundown on Company of Legends Special Ops and tell you how it will rent. And for mm. this month's list challenge, we're going to present our lists for Blood and Glory. And then yes. finally, a look at what's coming up in the UK. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, it's actually been a quiet month. So, yeah. Okay. It has been quite well, apart from you know that massive event we run. Well, that uh, that was a you know. Yeah. I mean, other than that, minor, minor, minor inconvenience. Frankly, yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's go into um, the new releases then. Yeah. Right, so let's um, have a look at what we had new this month. Now, we've not had anything from Forge World per se, but there have mm. been a few decent things from Games Workshop and Black Library. So the first of those is it was announced at the Kill Team Weekender. It's the Killzone Wall of Martyrs environment, um, which is £50 or £42.50 from our friends at Element Games, um, which nets you an Imperial Bunker, Imperial Defense Lines, and an Imperial Defense Placement. So they... Hey, you know what? That's pretty good value, that, isn't it? Yeah, those, so 50 quid. Yeah, those... I mean, the bunkers, I think, 20 quid. Yeah, uh, yeah 20 quid. Okay. The, the Defense Placement's 18. The Defense Lines, I think, are like 20. But it, 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 buying them separately would come to 63 pounds. Got you. Yeah, that's a good deal. Actual, actual deals. So, actual so if, deals. If, if, even better. So that'd be a 20 quid saving if you buy it from Element. Yeah, 20, yeah. 20 pounds and 50 piece. That's nice. Two thirds of a um, Sakiran gram, so you know. exactly in the Sakiran uh, exchange rate. That's, yeah. a, that's that's a third of a Sakiran. <laughs> and, and to and to be fair, they're a decent. Um, it's a decent set of terrain. I mean, I've got a ton of it. Um, for you know, that, that I've gotten through the two boxes they released years ago. Um, right. And it's quite good because it, it gives you a nice theme for a board. It can. Also, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good size. Like the the line is a good sized line, so it takes up quite a bit of space on the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and depending on what rules you're playing, you know, I mean, one thing we want to try for Company of Legends last time, I think, you know, is give each table, you know, specific rules for its terrain. So like, um, yeah, it, depending on how you play it, because I'd give that, you know, uh, easily a three plus cover save. You know, because oh, that's what it's three plus cover saves you know for a thief, if you are literally just entirely contained in the line are you trying to make me start drinking again <laughs> three plus i'd give i'd give him re-roll something maybe oh yeah re-rolls might be better well that's something, ones. That's something anyway. to discuss isn't it anyway so moving on and um, we've got stuff for titanicus um okay. yeah we did yep we got the adeptus titanicus um warhound scout titans 
uh, £40 or £34 from our friends at Element Games. Now, a pair of these is a really good price for, for, for 40 quid. Now, White Dwarf originally had them listed at 45, but that was apparently a printing error. Um, so that's good. I mean, all the noise that we were hearing out of Lenton from the people that we know down there was 45 quid. Mm. Yeah. You know, they were telling everyone, 40, every, everyone who was in the know was saying it's 45 quid for a pair. Got Come out there, 40 quid. So not a nice five pound saving for once. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a, maybe it's a new tactic, you know, to try and uh, you know, sort of go, yeah, seems... go high and then come down. People go, oh, great. That, rather than if you've gone at 40, people said, no, oh, I wish it was 35 pounds. So I thought, actually, we'll just chuck a fiver on and everyone could say, hey, you've saved a fiver and everybody would be really happy and no evil you know, people putting lots of flaming uh, comments on the Forge World site, maybe. Sounds like a sound business strategy to me. <laughs> I think... I, th- I don't know, four to twenty quid a twenty quid a model. Um, yeah, I think it's... They, they look great actually. I've got yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 definitely. I personally think they're the nicest looking of all the the Adeptus Titanicus models. So. Yeah, have you have you got some yet, Michael? Uh no, not yet. No, me neither. I've got a couple of Reavers, which which have gotten as far as getting a base coat of uh, of lead belcher on them. Got you. Um, but uh, no, I haven't yet got the um. I ordered a couple yesterday, so they'll be ready for when I come back from holiday. So yeah, they, look, they look the business, I think. Um, yeah, I think they really good. So what was that maniple? I mean, I've been, you know, I've got as far as assembling a warhound, and that's about as far as I've got. I've got a reaver to build, so I need another reaver. And how many? How many of these bad boys? Oh, for the basic uh, axiom maniple, you need, yeah. um, I believe, it's a warlord, a reaver, and one warhound? Did yeah. someone just smack their microphone there? No, yes. no, not at all. Yes, that was Chris and his gong. He's got like a every, where he is because we were practicing the other night because they were sad like that. Um, it sounds like John Bonham's hit the symbol at a Led Zeppelin concert in about 1972. I, mean, every time I, I can do it now for you if you like. Go on, go on, special effects. There you go. Oh. See, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the so I was, it's because I was going the. Titanicus rulebook. So the Axiom Battle Line Maniple is one Warlord, two Reavers, two Warhounds. One Warlord, two Reavers. Oh, right. I thought that was the maximum. I thought it was like optional one. Uh, one uh, of each. Oh, yeah. The, sorry. The mandatory is, well, the mandatory is one of each. The optional is an additional Reaver, an additional Warhound. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, so if I get another Reaver and a box of Warhounds, I'll, I'll be sorted. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I'm heading towards. I've got two Reavers. Um, and I'm just going to get a box of two Warhounds next time I get some some cash. Yeah. Just sold some stuff on Heresy Trading, some some stuff. So I've got a little bit of that. So, nice. Uh, Very good. Just back. Okay. Bolters. <laughs> yeah. It's all, uh, it's all just converting it into um, Warhounds, basically, isn't it? That's what it is. <laughs> Taking money from one is place and converting it. Are the Warhounds going to be our new currency system? Are we no, going to go, go from the Sakaran standard to the <laughs> Warhound standard? There'd be huge outcry when we move to the Warhound standard. I think. You know, it just, no, I'm definitely going for the Sakaran standard. We're saying on the Sakaran Sterling standard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, actually, yes. All right then, and we had some weapon car, a weapon car pack for them. Um, all right. Was seven pound fifty, but that's direct only. Um, as yeah. is all the weapon car packs. Um, I don't know if you need it if you buy a pack. Uh, you know what? I haven't actually looked at the cards. I think- for this. You probably will, because I know that obviously when you've got that main box set, you don't get all the things. So I imagine you're yeah. going to have to buy it to see you've got 
enough for each. Yeah, yeah. So it's got seven turbo laser destructor cards, seven plasma blast gun cards, six Vulcan mega bolter cards, and six inferno gun cards. So that pretty much says the weapons that come on the sprue for the warhounds. That's all you're getting. Gotcha. Yeah, which is actually the only weapons that you can have anyway, isn't it? On the um, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the proper they, version. They've got all the weapons available. Well, yeah. you know, whereas the other ones have got uh, you know other exotic weapons that aren't even in the the twenty yeah. mil skill. Okay. And then you've got a uh, command terminal pack, uh, as per normal, um, for each of these Reavers that have been released. It's fifth, not Reavers, but Warhound, you know, Titans. Uh, so fifteen. Definitely going to need one of these, aren't you? Um, you get in a basic. You get, get in the two. rule book. You get two. Yeah. And you get a pack, and you get two in the. Um, okay. Uh, in the pack. So unless you're going beyond, like you're going into the other mana pool that I can't remember the name of, uh, the Venator. That's right. Um, which has got one Reaver and four Warhounds. Oh, that's a good choice, isn't it? Okay. That's, that's, that's an interesting one. It's, a, it's one this that I will get eventually mm. getting. But yes, yeah, so you, you need a, you'll need to buy a command terminal pack, 15 quid for five Warhound Scout Titan cards. So yeah, again, that's, that, that's probably something I'd end up splitting with Graham because I only need two. And Graham yeah. needs two. Totally. Yeah, totally. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's it'd be interesting. I mean, I haven't even played the game yet. I'm still, I've got so much backlog of stuff to paint, and you know what my rules are about not starting something until I've finished uh, the thing. The trick is to play with someone else's painted models. Oh uh, yeah, that also work. <laughs> That's uh, what I did. Is that what? Have we got Adam to paint them so that he, he, so, actually, he wants a game so badly he's willing to paint his um, additional uh, figures? Him and George had. Um, uh, okay, right. George has been roped into it as well. So got yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They played a game, but I put some photos up. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, uh, yeah I saw that. We'll yeah. talk about that later. Yeah, okay. And then the last thing for Adeptus Titanicus, we've got the uh, Venator Light Manapult Vet Command Terminal Pack, which is for your re- the, the one with the Reaver and four Warhounds. Okay. Fair and enough. that gives you Command Terminals for them. So you get one Reaver Command Terminal, four Warhound Command Terminals. Oh, yeah. So that's pretty, pretty all right. Again, direct only, it's 15 quid. Right. Okay. So that's that's something to you know that's something that's there for you if you do, if you just want to get that. Um, yeah. And finally, the final release of the month is a book because we're going to put books in new releases now because I don't think we've properly mentioned when these are coming out. So okay. Um, so we, you know we were it was something that was mentioned in a bit of feedback that I was speaking to someone about the podcast for and they were like, how can we never include the books? <laughs> we didn't have a whole section for books. I thought, you know what? It bulks the section out a little, doesn't it? Just oh, that's it. No more snoozes for you, old man. God, yeah, yeah. Now you've got to earn your money. Concentrate. All the time. <laughs> anyway, it's just quick mention because we haven't got a review for it because the book isn't out yet, as mentioned in the intro. It's Vulcan Lord of Drakes by David Annadale. Um, the ebook is nine ninety nine. Your hardback is twelve ninety nine, and your audiobook is nineteen ninety nine. I don't know if it'll be on uh, Audible this Saturday when it's released, so hopefully okay. it will be because then because I've got a credit waiting to use. Ah, do it. Okay, mm. so that's that's this month's new releases. So well, it's a bit scant, isn't it? It's, it's, well, yeah, and well, uh, we've we had yeah, we, no doors again, people. No doors. Oh, Three months doors. now. Well, we haven't had anything from Ford World these past few weeks um, yeah. for heresy, but well, so it, it's stuff, 
stuff yeah. is coming. Stuff is coming. I mean, they've shown off. You know, they've shown off stuff that's coming. Um, you know, we've we've got the we've got the um, obviously the land speeder is going to be coming. Um, the more <sighs> you know, not the more attack. The two new later. The, the Alpha Legion Praetors. Alpha Legion yeah. Praetors. The, the stuff's still to come. It's just. You know, when they're going to squeeze it in the, where they're going to put it into the release schedule. Oh, shove it out, you know, get it in our faces. You know, I was talking to, I think it was might have been Robert or Greg or, or some, I was talking to someone else, and we were saying, you know, what might be cool is if they had sort of like, you know, did it on a four weekly schedule. You know, you had Blood Bowl one week, then Hobbit, then Necromunda, then Heresy. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. So, like, because at the minute, I, we haven't had a Heresy release for over four weeks. Uh, I guess that would then that would mean they would have to have at least I'm trying to do the maths in my head 13 releases a year, wouldn't they? If that was the yes. case. Yeah. Um. So you know, but that would be good because then you'd know. Okay, so it's the third third Friday of the month. That's heresy. I'll you know camp on the Forge World website to see what's yeah. happening. Refresh. I mean, because that's what people do at nine o'clock on a Friday. I mean, absolutely. So know what I do. You might it's joke like, about that. That's actually what I do. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm there. Actually. <laughs> but uh, you know, they sometimes appear at eight o'clock, sometimes at eight fifteen or eight thirty. Uh, it's it's quite uh, random when they actually no, appear I, on the site. I leave it to nine, and I know I'm all right mm. by then. Yeah, it's not it's not as if it's going to sell out though, is it? Let's be honest. So, um, but yeah, I, I see what you mean. Maybe that's that might be a, a good way of doing it. But then, like I said, that would mean they're almost compelled to release something, which I'm not sure they would want to do. Well. They've got stuff in the pipeline. We know they've got stuff in the pipeline. They've shown off stuff. It's just come on. Yeah. I want, I want that land speeder. I'm trying to think when they because it wasn't it that they were it, two months I believe has been the thing that they preview it and then it's two months later it gets released. Uh, I think so, it was three months. They don't show months. off anything, anything yeah. that shows. Um, if it's three months or more away, but there's Essen coming up in a couple of weeks. Is it was it next week? Might be I next weekend. It's not far away, is it? And they are. Is that, going... is that the big, big German sort of board game? The one? board game thing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they are going there. So, okay. and it is said that the studio preview. So, maybe we'll have something previewed there. Okay. But it'll, cool. it'll probably it'll probably be main studio board game stuff. Like maybe we'll get some more info on the Blackstone Fortress Warhammer quest. I should imagine. Okay. Cool. But, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. And obviously, there's a studio preview at Blood and Glory. So. Although I doubt we'll get any heresy stuff. No, is there a thing on the Friday again? Uh, I don't know if it's the Friday or the Saturday. I hope it's the, I hope it's the Saturday. We went to it last year, didn't we? And it was. It was didn't have any microphones. <laughs> yeah, but that, they showed off some new new stuff there, and it was quite cool. Obviously, we got the first sign of the the endless spells for Age of Sigma. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it was actually quite good because it was quite intimate as well, actually, in the, in the <laughs> yeah. best sense of the word. Yeah, yeah. especially um, when the oil started coming out. I thought that, you know. <laughs> Scented candles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Escape came on. That's right. Pina coladas. Um, no, none of that happened, incidentally. I just want to point that out for the community staff. No, it may not have done it for you, Graham, but. <laughs> But um, yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was quite. You know, it was. It was only. It was a fairly small room, uh, but it was quite good to see some of the things they were talking about, even though none of it was really heresy related. So, all yep. good. Okay, right. So we'll move on to um, what we've been up to. So, yeah, let's do that. Let's go. Our 
next uh, section is what have we been up to this month? So this is where we normally have a quick roundup about all the things that the three of us have been doing towards various aspects of our heresy hobby. So, Chris, what on earth have you been up to this month? Well, after the sort of post Company of Legends craziness, yeah. my um, Galatus Dreadnought has arrived. Very good. So I'm in a, a, a slight rush, shall we say, to make sure I can get it ready for Blood and Glory because it's on the list. Yeah. That's two uh, weeks away, Chris. It two is two, two whole weeks, 14 days. I'm away for one of those weeks. Well, I'm away so for that's... five. So I'm away for five days. So I've got a couple of full days in the next week I... where I can actually get it done. So, so does are you taking this to to Rome with you? No, no, it'll be staying. It's to be fair, the base <laughs> is done. The legs okay. are on the base. Right. It's, it's just sort of finishing up from there. Okay. Um, but that was. I... It's custodies, isn't it? It's just spray it gold. Just spray it gold and. Away yeah, I mean, if you see my models, that's all that ever happens. <laughs> um, I spend more time on the bases than I ever do the actual. You get a lot yeah. of comments about the bases. Yeah, I know, right? It's just, yeah. <laughs> no one likes my bases. No one says, oh, actually, no, that's not true. People say, I really like your Valdor, at which point I have to go, I didn't yeah, paint that. That was the one I didn't paint. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Um, Did you fix his uh, his spear? His his spear has, it, it's still propped against the can. Got it. For fear of anything happening to it. But yeah, post Conyo Legends repairs as well, because I think Valdor's spear broke. Uh, one of the Heterons lost his sword. Some plumes fell off. A couple of other guys had broken spears. One oh, guy had been broken into gosh. four individual pieces. You dropped what? him, didn't you? Yeah, he he basically it, it was like a, a horror murder in a in the Lego <laughs> world. But basically, the legs came off, the body separated, everything came just, apart. He just couldn't right. take any more of it. I think it he's like, have. no, I can't do it anymore. Don't, he, don't send me back. I'm, no. gonna, I'm just going to jump now. He did. And yes, I think two guys, I think I was, yeah, by the end of the event, I was two models down. Wowzers. Um, but I've got over all the pieces, so they are sort of on the, on the road to recovery. I'm sure there's plenty of people happy to hear that. It's like an yeah, animal know, right? hospital. For... It, yeah, <laughs> it is, but golden model power on people. Yes. Okay. Um, well, we need some speedy get... recovery. Thank you. I'll, I'll pass that on to them. Mm. Um, so that's been sort of what I'm doing kind of post uh, is just repairs and trying to get this Galatus yeah. done. I have sort of toyed with what I'm going to do paint-wise for it. Right. Because um, it's whether or not – because I've I've only got one of these. I'm Rainbow only planning maybe? on – well, there is – that is a possibility. I might go okay. very – um, mm. uh, trans, uh, LGBT, whatever it is, all the additional should, letters we, friendly. Yeah, we need that. <laughs> um, but I think realistically, he may just take it. But I did toy with the idea of painting him metallic black, but right. I thought he might be too much of a contrast against the rest of my army. Yeah, they could be like the black sheep, wouldn't they? Yeah, I just, I just thought because he's quite cool. He's quite. He's a. He's going to be a unique model in the army. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, so. Didn't um, I've seen custodians painted with a, a black and gold scheme. Yeah, the, there are a few different um, colours that, that people look, use. That, that did look pretty damn cool, actually. Right. I've thought about yeah. actually. Information mentioned because I've thought about maybe doing a, a, a tank all in a, a matte black for mm. the Iron Warriors. But I thought actually, do you know what? They probably wouldn't because they're very you know 
utilitarians allow for that kind of individuality regardless of how good that tank was I think they just view it as a tool rather than anything spectacular so I've got um uh, there's a Vallejo metallic black that I use okay and I think it's a really nice gives it a really nice color got it sort of just I was looking at the the little vial of that thinking actually do I just put that over and then is that on the airbrush yeah and yeah. then sort of tart it up from there. Mm. But I just, I don't know, really. I know what you mean. But it might give you something to... Yeah, I, yeah I think... Well, it's, it's, Probably it's just one of those things... That's that it, too much, yeah. then I don't want to think, don't look like I've just, you know, thrown it in from someone else's army kind of thing. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I guess also it's, it's that, it's that gamble, isn't it? It's like, you know, if you, it's quite an expensive model and then you paint it and it's like, yeah, I'm going to have to strip this, which is a major pain with <laughs> resin. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. No, okay. That's the plan, but yeah, that's that's sort of the that's my my hurried yeah. um, uh, focus really for the next two weeks. But as far as yeah, repairs, and then I kind of while I had the airbrush out and toying with what I'm going to do for the dread, sort of started doing some test sort of painting or test designs for my Titanicus models. Oh right, because I've ordered well, I've got them now. Um, some dragon scale stencils. That I ordered yes, from right. uh, yeah. Fallout Hobbies in America. Right. I think I, so saw, I, think I saw your test video picture. Yeah, they um they look the, the sensors look really good. I tried using the Tamiya Green. Right. Um and it, it I think I got my mix wrong with it because it was far too watery when I did it. But I think oh, got so it just it just didn't want to happen. But yeah. yeah. So I've, I've sprayed. So I'm going to. I've used the uh, sort of the night middle shoulder pads as my tests because I'm not going to use those. Right. Because I'm either going to use my Titanicus are either going to be traitors or lawless. They're not going to have the night house. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And but, also yeah, it's got the, 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 the cog, the cog with the sword yeah. symbol. Yeah. So, and also because it's got the 3D section, wanted to see how the stencils works with that. Yeah, Which they work really well actually. They sort of because they're um, adhesive. Oh right. So they stick on basically. Nice. They were really they're they're really good. They they give you a really good effect. But it's just so I've sprayed one red sort of base red, mm-hmm. one white, one Death Guard green, which is the one I was trying with the Tamiya, and oh, yes. the last one black. So I might try it with the silver. Yeah. So they've been sort of a little test. Every, every time I've gone into the other room to use the airbrush, I've just got got one of those and tried the um uh, tried those out. So that be that's been quite fun actually because it's a new thing and also it's progress with the Titanica stuff. Yeah, which has just been sort of sitting there and staring mm. at me, going, you "Why don't you love me?" <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But I think yeah, come come the end of Blood and Glory, I'm probably not going to do any more sort of heresy models yeah unless i unless i buy anything Go which i think is pretty slim and then i'm just gonna sort of focus on getting titanica stuff ready yeah because i mean that's for you i suppose once blood and glory is done we've got the heresy scott event at the end of november but once that's yeah. done we're probably not going to be back doing any events of any magnitude until at least march i wouldn't have thought i don't yeah, think exactly so. so we've got a little bit of a down downtime i mean obviously you know playing locally but i've got armies to play there if i need them so yeah but, so i think yeah. also in that time i'm gonna there's more chance i'm gonna get games of titanicus 
Sure. Because now that um, other people that are in, in my group have started to get involved in that game, Got ya. there's going to be regular games of that for me to play. Yeah. So that's quite good. Cool. I, I suppose one of the things we should do for our um, end of year show is to, uh, are we starting any new projects next year? So I am going to be starting a new project next year, I've decided. So I shall reveal all next week. Yes. Next time we do this. Yeah. So, what about you, Michael? What have you been up to, mate? Um, I have been building quite a bit. Um, because I got some more scenery. Um, you, you're so, addicted to scenery now. You can't stop building the stuff. Yeah, I can't stop it. No, no. I'm, I'm, I want to get ahead of the game and take my time with it, rather than having to do like a month of just pure doing scenery. Um, which I did. You know. You I did. did. Yeah, we were. Um. Just get it done over the over the over the six months between now and the next company of legends. So um I built um, sure, that doesn't sound a long time when you say it like that. It doesn't considering how quickly it went from March to September. <laughs> yeah, when we thought yes. we've got plenty of time and yeah. it's like, oh my god, it's next yeah. week. Definitely, definitely. So what I did was I built I got I was down at Darlington Games Workshop and oh, yeah. I saw they had a pair of vengeance battery weapons batteries, which have been out of print for a while. And I'm like, the ones I got, I built with Punisher Gatling cannons. Yeah. Which you can't use those in, in Heresy anymore. You've got, you can only use the battle cannon ones. So I was like, that is true. Yeah, I'll pick those up. Thirty-five quid, not bad. I've seen them go for like a hundred quid on on eBay. So, wow. I, I was like, yep, I'll have them. So I built them. Um, I also got, I also, um, someone wanted the, to split up a um, World of Martyrs, um, yeah. kill zone. So I got, so he bought two. But he only wanted the extra um, uh, board cards and the um, defense impl- um, line. So I got the emplacement and the bunker. Nice. So <laughs> got those built. I picked up a Sky Shield landing pad for my birthday. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that. People were first thing people said is a where's the Titan to put it on, and and b please don't put a Titan on this. I, b- I believe there was a photo taken at Company of Legends though, with a war warhound on a on a sky shield landing pad. Yes, there was. Some, I think it, it was. was it, it was. It was Mark. a purely whimsical. Yes, it is. But uh, Mark, Mark uh, Frost literally saw it and went, "Get a photo of this, would you?" Yeah. yeah. Uh, it wasn't in game or anything. It just happened, and people were like, "You whack," you know, yes. and, you know, you whack gits, and it, it, it led to all sorts of arguments overnight. Um, yes. Like various people accusing Mark of being uh, of being the same guy who was at the American tournament and saying he was the biggest dick going. And it was like, <laughs> okay. Um, we we uh, love Mark. We know he wouldn't do such a thing. Yeah, no. no yeah, it was, it was it was a it was a joke. I, I saw it happen. It was just you know. Anyway, so I I picked up a Sky Shield landing pad because it's it's a good bit of kit. It's a good bit of scenery. You know, there are no uh, rules for it though in Heresy, then, are there? No, it's just a bit of scenery for. Yeah. Um, for one of the tables because one of the tables i want to do um because some the tables with my terrain on it this year are a bit haphazard for the most part so um i'm gonna theme them and one of them's gonna have a bunch of a sky shield landing pad and a bunch of uh, arm, uh you know munitorium armor containers and some moving around stuff you know the, the 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 galvanic servo haulers and stuff to be like a a sort of staging area for moving okay. stuff off planet if that makes any sense totally sounds yeah, very good so, so so um it was sort of like yeah that'd be cool because you can't get it in store anymore so i yeah. was in the games workshop and it was there and it was sort of like it was an impulse purchase i'll be honest you are you and your impulses ah yeah yeah they're bad so um and we've got a webway portal to go with the um death world forest because we're going to do death world forest board 
Yeah. Um, because we've got that um that Necron pylon thing. Yes. So we're going to put the Necron pylon um on the board, a bunch of Death World Forest and some Webway portals, and say, right, that's a that's a messed up area, you know, for psychic powers and stuff, because you know, alien stuff. Because aliens, to quote whatever it is, Theodopopolopolis, who does uh, ancient aliens, if you've ever seen him on the telly. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying it's aliens, but aliens. Um, but aliens, and, and, so that's uh, the one that mean. I built up a custodies army because I had the stuff. Because you know, you're a sensible, well, well-rounded individual. Oh, that's why. Wait a moment. I, well, the I, reason I thought I, this was just a rumour. The reason I wanted no. to, them was because... Uh, the reason I built them is because Nicky... Um, you know Nicky, don't you, Graham? I I know of him. I'm not sure I could point him out in a crowd. All right. I, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 um he was like, I really want to play Heresy um and 40k again. And I'm like, yeah, but uh, I'm I I want an army that I can use in both. And we're like talking about it. He's like, you know what? I want custodes. And he was like, do you know anyone who's got a custode mm-hmm. army I could borrow to have a game of? So I see if I like it. Could have used any of the traitor legions. I just want to point it out at this point in time. But go on, carry on. So yeah, so I built up my Custos army for him to use, um, and um, yeah, that was a brutal game. I'll tell you about that in a minute. So okay, fair yeah, enough. That, that, that was a two, that was a two thousand point army, um, just for a little game, and it was it was bad. So I'm a bad person for building a list that's like that. Is this well, the, the, the five shield captains and the three telemons? That, there was only one shield captain. Okay, well, uh, fair enough. Okay. Uh, one Talamon, one Talamon, one Talamon. Look, I'm not, I'm not here to judge, man. I'm just, yeah. you know. And then I've yeah, just been glass houses and stones. Where, where, where were you a year ago? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You've got to think about this, haven't you? Okay. <laughs> and then, and then I hit the, and then I've hit, hitting the Death Guard hard because I want to get them ready for Blood and Glory for the Centurion event. I did it right. Very good, man. Very good. Um, so I've got, I've got left to do. Um, ten tactical marines and five um heavy support squad marines. Um, and then yes. we'll, and then and then I'll be done, and then it'll be getting on with the stuff, the set, the, the vehicles for clearances. Yes, because that's that isn't far away, is it? So okay, well, nice. it's a productive month then. Yeah, just yeah. So so that was that was me. Um, oh, and I did order uh, a couple of things for the custodes. Um, Valdor, because I saw Chris's and I was like, yeah, I've got to have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some transfers, a pack of wardens to make Heteron guard from, and right. some py- pyrite spears, you know, the melter spears. The melter spears, yeah. Nice. Well, okay. Nice. Nice. All, all nice. awesome. And you're starting Mechanicum after that, is it? <laughs> I haven't already got Mechanicum. <laughs> uh, I do have a small ally force of Mechanicum. Yeah. I can I can't remember, is it 2,000 or 3,000 points? I can't remember. <laughs> Not even, a, I don't even think it's 1,000 points. It's, it's, and he gives us a hard time. I know, it's, a ma- it's a Majos, a Fanatar, and so, um, two Castellacs. So it's monster. about, it's less than 1,000 points, you think. So are you going to ally that with the Custodes? No, I, I don't know what I'm... Because you could also throw a Navigator in there as an HQ. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. I built, you know what? I built the Mechanicum, I painted them, and I just don't know where I want to go with them. I'm, it's sort of like, do I want to? Do I do, just want to get rid of them, or do I want to keep them? Do, or do I, I expand got, them? Chris is kind of right. No, I Thematic, think you thematically, you could use them with the custodians, couldn't you? Yeah, them? you absolutely could. I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever, in my you opinion. May, you may lose a few friends, but you know, you could do it. 
That's right, Michael. If what you're losing, Graham, you're gaining me. <laughs> I'm younger. That's true. That is actually true. You could play the long game. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you'll be around a few years longer. <laughs> okay. So, um, actually, I suppose I should say what I was doing. So, I, yes. I, I always have this kind of, I don't know if it's, it's just me, but after I've done a, a, a heresy event, I kind of have a bit of a lull where I just don't want to do anything heresy for a bit. Because it's because you buy our models well in advance of events. Yeah, maybe. But you know what I mean. I'm just like, pff, just want to give do something else. I think particularly organising events is quite draining. Um, so it just sort of drains you a little bit. So I need a little bit of time to recharge my batteries. So uh, I haven't done a great deal. It's, it's basically what I'm saying here. Um, I did do some work on my before company legends just to make sure my my figures were kind of at least not looking quite so scruffies but other than that nothing but i will have to do so i've just looked at the models i'm playing on taking for um blood and glory and some of those i haven't got out of the cupboard for a long time so they definitely need a, a touch up if you excuse the expression um particularly my leviathan who, who looks a bit shabby so i'm going to do some work on them in the next uh, week or two nice. um but that's that is about it really i've done very little other than that to be truthful Okay. It's all progress. I mean, that's the thing. It's, you know. Yeah, it's all progress, like I say. I just turned. I know what you mean post post, you know, post running the event because I think if I hadn't, if I didn't have to do the Scalatus, then I think I would have done nothing in the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. But anyway, I'm kind of. um, I put my list together for uh, clearing of whatever it is, the, the Sterling uh, event. So I've got some stuff to do on that as well. So um, it's all cool. All good. Um, Chris, um, you played any games this month other than so, Company of Legends? Uh, other than Company of Legends, I played a game of Titanicus. Ooh, do tell, do tell. Which was a lot of fun, actually. Um, so, yeah, so Monday nights usually meet up with the guys, play whatever we can play at the time and Adam and George um, had assembled and mostly completely painted their models. So I got to get, I was sort of Adam split his army with me and it was the first time I played the new Titanicus and it was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Um, which was good. I, I was, you know, when you sort of going into a new game and you're sort of like yeah. cautious about whether or not you're going to enjoy it. Um, but I thought, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was very sort of thematic. There were some funny moments, um, such as all of Adam's six knights being wiped out in one shot. No way. Yeah. What, from the yeah. War- warlord? Uh, yeah, the warlord um, hit and then caused enough damage that it took out all of them. Wow. Well, the thing with knights is you've got they, they, you've got to be very very sneaky with them. You know, you've got to yeah. get you, you you've got to sneak hug the cover. Until you're very close up, and then you certainly do. You also have to make sure that they're not all covered by a blast template. Yeah, that would be another. <laughs> so, that would seem sensible. This was this was turn one. Ooh. So, yeah. Was the was the was the throbbing vein on the side of his head going? No, because it, it it wasn't that sort of. Okay, good. Th- th- there are times and times when the <laughs> the rage vein forms. This wasn't that, this wasn't that time. Um. <laughs> But no, so we're sort of just sort of not really paying attention when deploying, moved them out, and then this warlord just went, yeah, see those guys, boom, boom, um, wiped them out. Wow, that's yeah. serious. I know. So, so there was quite a lot of damage thrown backwards and forwards. 
Um, but actually, at the end of the game, there was a we had I played a good three, four, maybe four turns. I'm just trying to think. Um, but it was yeah, we had quite a lot left because I think a lot of shots have been fired, repaired. We'd been quite lucky on things. Got yeah. Um, apart from me, I was I had one of the reavers. And it, yeah, I tried to go in a blaze of glory against uh, an opposite reaver. I went yes. out. There was no okay. glory. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, right, I'm going to walk over here. I'm going to just, some reactor's nearly dead. I'm going to go for it. Oh, no, I'm actually dead. And I've blown oh, up. Nice. And I'm now just left lying <laughs> against the building. <laughs> bad. Like a sad, in, drunk. Inglorious end to a... Yeah, it really was. But do you know what? I, I really, I, I'm really excited about this game now. I was anyway. I can't d- deny that fact. But I think having played a game of it, um, so I came away again, sort of the train journey back on on that Monday. Is just really excited about playing the game. This is why I've sort of started really sort of thinking about how I'm going to paint them. Okay, that's that's good. I haven't heard you that enthusiastic about a game for some time. Yeah, no, it was. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good fun. Okay, uh, great. Yeah, and Adam and George are getting uh, they're completely sold into it as well. So there's lots of opportunities for games, and cool. uh, we should have enough models between the three of us to sort of be able to share with some other people in the group. Yeah, so there's a good opportunity of getting sort of a mini campaign going. Nice. That's, nice. That we might can. be the plan. We sort of briefly discussed it, and then two pairs of eyes were looking at me. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm all right, good. thanks. They're good for that, aren't they? It's like, That'd be a great idea. Chris, off you go and write it. Yeah, you go, you go do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's that, yeah, so that's going to happen, hopefully. So that'd be good. But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a couple of weeks ago now, so my memory's a bit... Um, I think it was the first Monday after uh, Company of Legends. So yeah. I was still a bit hazy after that. So Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I think... I'm really going to look, enjoy playing this game once it's once I'm sort of up to speed and involved in it. Yeah, I think it's like I say, once you get your own army as well, that that helps. Yeah, I think that's what's holding me back at the moment. It's not having my own models to play. I know that some people said oh, you can borrow mine and stuff, but I kind of, you know, I like to have my own th- my own army with my own kind of way it's painted and stuff. So. Yeah, exactly. Which I still haven't completely settled on a, a legion yet, if truth be told. But I think the um, because I'm going for my own one. So the dragon. Yeah. Uh, I should think of a name for them, but yeah, the dice mechanics in the game are quite good fun because you still get that element of, you know, like you're doing heresy, and, you know, as I've experienced and we'll talk about later, that moment where the dice just don't go for you. Yes. Right at that key moment. Yeah. And I, I think that was really, you know, it's, it's a simple thing, but it could have easily been lost in Mechan- in Titanicus. Yeah. It adds an air of sort of uh, uncertainty to things, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Nice. But yeah, well, so that was good. That was yeah. But other than that, cool. it's it's kind of legend stuff. So we'll, and I said we'll cover that. Yeah. Later on. But Michael, what about yourself? Because I believe you've played a a cheeky game. I did. I played Nicky. I I built my custodies army for him. It was um. I think it was, uh, two squadrons. Oh, what was that? That was me. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> I'm making all sorts of noise. Um, yeah. I I made a I built you know it was a two, three squads of, custo- of custodian guard, one squad of sentinels, a shield captain. There was Talamon. Um, is there anything else in there? 
Oh yeah, there were some jet bikes. Um, two thousand points, right. and um, yeah, it was brutal for me because they just they just tore me apart. So what were you taking your word bearers? I took my word bearers. Yeah, I used yeah, my yeah. word bearers. Um, and I was, you know, I had to, you know, it was not, you know, a salt squad, a, um, a couple of, you know, a couple of veteran squads, Pride of the Legion, um, Terminators in a in a Spartan. Okay. You know, it was. Yeah. No, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a terrible list. But it was. But it was yeah, it could hold its own generally. It could hold its own generally against most other stuff I yeah. played, but against the custodians, no, it wasn't. I mean, they just deep struck in near my um, near my Spartan. Next turn, boom, you know, Spartan blew up. Um, it was an all round, it was all round brutal. It was yeah, because uh, yeah. that's the thing with with custodians. Once they're in your line, that's when the, it sort of starts to. They can quite easily snowball, I tend to think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Telemon was a shooty Telemon, and that was, yeah. that was horrible. Um, right, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Once that once that army gets up close and personal, and it's within sort of striking distance of a charge or whatever, then, you know, it's only a matter of time, really, unless you can shoot the living bejesus out of them beforehand. They're yeah, going well, uh, absolutely I'm wreck your day. Trying my best to, 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 to take, uh, to take uh, you know, a couple of guys out before, you know, before they got to me, but that was just bouncing off them. Yeah, they're um, they're a tough army. Um, they are a tough army. I would, I concur. I was try. I, I've been trying to build a, a friendly, you know, well, I say friendly. I say, you know, a a not as bad list for them, but it's hard because yeah. that list wasn't so bad. I, mean, I thought, you know, okay, yeah, we've got one one um one cut. We've got one um uh, uh telemon in there. One squad of sentinel guards. Um, you know, no um. No, what you call it, uh, um, Vexelias. No, um, just just free jet bikes. But yeah. no. did, did you have any of the um, Las Pulsars? No, it was just the uh, just, graphic. Just the graphics. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. I mean, when that when when the dikes go right for that army, it is absolutely devastating. But you know, if you roll a lot of ones and make a lot of failed saves and stuff, I think that's when it starts to. Because it doesn't take a lot to to get through it if you see what i mean you know five or six models and, and they're struggling yeah absolutely whereas i think five or six models from another legion it would be nothing whereas you know yes they're hard to get through but if you if they do get unlucky um then each model does count doesn't it i think if we lose five or six models that's generally you know and that can be sort of five or six hundred points yeah you know in the if it's the wrong squad sort of thing so yeah you know you can you can dent them but um, like I say, yeah, it's just that snowballing once we're in. Yeah, know. I think that's why I kind of like volume of fire is generally my preferred method of dealing with them because I don't think you're going to get through even with eight, like lots of, there isn't enough AP2 weaponry, I don't think, to sort of make it worth your while. Whereas I think just shooting lots and lots of shots at them and hope for ones, really. I think I just, I mean, and so we've been looking at lists for like Home Blood and Glory. And the Plasma Derrideos are in one of the lists. Yeah, I think it's actually um, Robbing, isn't it? Yeah, and I think they they will hurt. I think they will. Um, I think the the I think actually the Arcuses. There's there's quite a lot of Arcuses 
and they will definitely hurt because that's yeah. eight, eight shots at strength eight AP two, so they do do they really do, you know, push that out. Yeah. So the, the question is, did you get Nicky hooked on the Custos, Michael? That's the thing. Yeah. Yes, he uh, made a large order the, that night. Wow. Ah, uh, yes. I, okay. This is the gentleman that um has purchased the Big Bird as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's purchased an Orion. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's got a big. Mind you, they are a great army to look at. I think yeah. Orion is one of my favourite models. I think the tanks are really nice as well. So, and as an as an appreciator of a tank, they are. I think they got a slick looking tank. Okay, so yeah, I, I, I love the tanks. They are. They they've got to be some of the, my my favourite models that Ford World have done in the past couple of years. I mean, the Arcus yeah. is a nice model. Uh, you know, I, I always say it's one of my favourites. That uh, that and the Punisher, but uh, the Custodes tanks are just. Yeah. That that sleek line. That's the thing. I, you know, they they don't look like tanks. Yeah. No. You, yeah. Exactly. You, they've got a very um, and it's they've got a very uh, that sort of yeah. It's a weird aesthetic, but it's it, it, they all they all, they all carry it, don't they? From the armor of the guys right through to the jet bikes, right through yeah. to the tanks, right through to the telemons. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, very very unified look for the army. Did okay, um just quick, did you use your um gavel back at all, or did you just? No, no, I was no. trying to be I was trying to be gentle, you know. I yeah, okay, you know, I just wondered if how they would how they fared if you had done. That's curious. Oh, they're 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 going up against they're going up next time I next time I'm playing with custodes, you know, the gal ball back will be yeah. and they will Do they not get any special rules against demon based things, the no. custodies? They don't no. no. Not yet. I you know, you'd like to think at some yeah. point down the line they might do, but yeah, you, um, yeah. not not nothing as yet. Got you. Okay, cool. Yep. Okay, so shall we move on to um, what's going on in the War of the Heresy? Yeah, State of the Union. Yes, absolutely. So now we're going to the State of the Union, which is the section where we go through uh, and try and cover all of the exciting things that have happened since we last did a show. And looking at this list, there's been a fair few things going on, which is just encouraging. Nice, yeah. So uh, we missed this last month, but uh, Games Workshop put out a video that Peachy did, which was how to paint the white stone walls for the uh, new Sector Imperialis um, set, which I think, Michael, did you follow this when you were doing... Not I. This is the I followed the sandstone, the original. Ah, I it's see. Sort this of like is a, it's just like a white, you know, like a white white. Okay, right. I see. It's a really okay. harsh. Okay, cool. Nice, nice. That's what we like. Um, I see. Have a look here. So, Black Library. Uh, this is this is the one that I'm I'm quite excited about. So, Black Library have launched a competition to lay to win everything that's currently in print simply by spending forty pounds which is not including gift vouchers, shipping, uh, any sales taxes where you may live. And you can enter without a purchase by sending an email to competitions at gwplc.com with the subject line BL Competition. That's BL Competition. The body of the email must include your full name, your contact telephone number and your address. And the competition closes on the 31st of October at 23.59, so that's 11 days from when this podcast will be released. Now, that, oh, I wow. think, yeah. Definitely everything. 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 
yeah. everything Goodness. that's in print right now. That is incredible. Just imagine that turning up at your doorstep. <sighs> I need some that more shells. So cool. I know, right? I mean, I just okay. You're not going to want necessarily want to read all of it, but I mean, it's just I having that having that collection would look fantastic. Just imagine what that's going to look like. Just having everything. You'd have to have a whole room dedicated to it where you just never touch it. Yes. Look, all <laughs> of the books in order. Welcome to my library. I mean, you could. Yeah. You know. Oh wow, that would be lovely. Well, I, I, I think I do have pretty much everything they've got in. You know, electronically anyway, because I prefer the vinyl. Oh, yeah. Michael, you can't. You can't beat the, the yeah. look and feel and smell of a book on the shelf. You know, when you're when you're you know entertaining, you know somebody, and you come in and say, "Look at my here, have a look at my Kindle. Look at all the books I've got. That's not very impressive, is it?" However, come into my library and look at my Black Library collection, which is in fact the entirety of said Black Library. That's, exactly. That's kick ass. <laughs> also, yeah, sounds uh, like the start of a horror movie, but also yeah, amazing. Actually, that is a bit, I got a bit creepy there, didn't I, actually? Come, <laughs> well, come into my uh, library. It does sound, people would go, actually, no, you're all right, mate. Where's the Kindle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just see the electronic version, if I may. That's fine. You know, I don't want to go downstairs into that creepy dungeon. Thanks. Why is there a um, swing down there? Anyway. It's <laughs> because you like to sit in a hammock while you're reading. That's exactly um, right. That's it's exactly evening. right. It's very comfortable. It's from exactly. back. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think this is possibly one of the coolest competitions I think I've seen. Just a company going, here's everything we do. Thanks. I've entered. Well, I, 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 I'm not surprised, but. Yeah. I, really yeah. I, I sent off my entry pretty much the moment I saw it. Okay. Good stuff. Nice. Is, that, is that in hardback or is it paperback or? Everything. everything. Apparently, if they do it in hardback and paperback, you'll get both. Ah. Wow, right. like I think seven, at some seven point seven. in not too distant future, we'll be seeing a lot of Games Workshop books on eBay. Yeah, bulk, bulk somebody is going to be selling <laughs> a few. But anyway, it is a truly spectacular thing. So Absolutely. if you are one of the lucky, the lucky winner, and you happen to this podcast, you have to come and you know tell us all about it so that we can at least admire from afar and you can take some photos. The chances are obviously very slim because everybody in the world will be chipping in for this bad boy. Yeah. And rightly so, I think. I think it's uh, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now, so moving on. So Warhammer community have previewed the Proteus Land Speeder with the Mark IV Marines. <sighs> I'm so bored of this thing. Okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> to, to be fair, oh, I get. I, I understand where you're coming from because we've been hearing about it now for. Bloody- for at least six months. months. Yeah, I should. Yeah. Just get on with it. All right. It's a land speeder. It's not that exciting. It's armor ten all around. You can kill it with a bolter. For goodness sake. Get on. Do how something. many arcuses does it? How many uh, Sakaran exactly. does it cost? Exactly. That's the same price as a Sakaran. It's basically like put held together with sticky tape and bloody elastic bands. It's a nonsense thing. Get it uh, off. I, I, I imagine. <laughs> I, I hear it's gonna. I hear it's gonna be fifty quid. Good God. Um. And come with a heavy bolter, and then two thirds of a Sakaran. One whole heavy bolter. My word, I'm trembling with you've fear. You've got to, you've got to buy, buy the weapons pack separately. Yeah, this is, yeah, right. So by the time you've probably bought the weapons pack, you're up to Sakaran territory, aren't you? Let's be honest. Come on, it's got to be the weapons pack is going to be more than a tenner, isn't it, for all the weapons? It's two different weapons packs. <sighs> so it's over Sakaran money. Totally, and magnets now. 
oh, I'm bored of this thing. Right. <laughs> Talk to me when you've got a decent, you know, big super heavy tank. Now that I can get behind, but this blooming land speeder, it's been, it's been going on longer than the blooming heresy itself. Well, okay. there's a, there's, there's, there's a, a, a polite message for the guys <laughs> from, Graham, from purely Graham from the Edge of Empire podcast there. Creepy the one before, ranty in this one. Who knows what's going to be next? I'm kind of hoping this doors. That's going to have happened. I hope this is out Friday. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it was going to be a Christmas release, but anyway. Yeah. They're gonna, what they're going to do is they're going to like do a slow reveal over the next six months. Okay. <laughs> Michael, are you going to get this thing? Oh, uh, yes, I'm going to get three of them. It, 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 oh. You have to now, because otherwise I think I might like murder them. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get three of them for myself. Just so you know, Graham, guess what you're getting for Christmas? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. <laughs> no, no, I'll annoy him. I'll get him the, um, I'll get him the, the, the version with uh, the Mark VI Marines. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that is a model that I just no. Nope. I can't. I can't. I can't get excited about it. I'm really sorry. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Different horses for different courses. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. As long as that course doesn't involve having a blooming speeder, we're fine. Okay. All right. Take your tablets. Calm down. Calm. I'm calm now. I'm calm. Good. Um. The. I mean, the most important bit on this this, this magnificent list that we have assembled. Yes. Is that. There are still tickets available for a certain 1,000-point three-game Centurion event on the Friday Friday night at Blood and Glory. What pillars of the heresy community are running such well, an event? Well, Graham, it's funny you mention that, because I think we know them quite well. Yes, I think. And I, think I believe there's an, uh, uh, there is a, a sterling chap also taking part in this event. Uh, Road to Terror? No. It could be. Could have been. Could have been. Be. been uh, we're not good. that good. I've no idea who's buying tickets for this at the moment, so it could be lucky dip. Well, um, I, but this is going to be uh, yes, it's three games, one thousand points, Centurion. We're calling the shots. Branching narrative. We it's are calling the shots. It's a cut-down version of the sort of Company of Legends model. Uh, we're writing stories. It's all very cool. However, I think we've only sold a very few tickets, so it could also be that intimate event that we were talking about. If we don't get more than five yeah. people, I will bring scented candles. And, and I'll bring a, well, a selection of. We've, we've got a couple. Of, we've got a couple of lists in. Okay, that means at least two people but, are coming. Yeah. And my list is, you know, my list. I'll, I'll so we, we haven't got your list yet. I'm sorry, Mike. I've got the deadlines tomorrow. Yes, three lists. Okay. Anyway, just to say, you don't have to play in the main heresy event to do this. It's completely separate. You want to just come down on a Friday night, have three awesome games. Derby is the place to be. If, and if you are playing, and if you are doing the Iron Man ticket. If you could just drop us an email or drop us a message on Facebook. Yeah. So we know to expect you because that doesn't um, record to us who's actually taking part. So yeah, and, we just need a, a heads up just so we can. Yeah. And obviously not panic this is a stress out. huge event. I, you know, you and, know what? Um, even if there's even if there's only like four, five, or six of us, we can still have a bit of a laugh. I yes. Think, I think the problem the problem this year was it, it took a long time for those tickets to get online. Um, you know, obviously no fault to Ben. He's running a business in the side, you know, on the side, and yeah. you know, Greg got married, so th- there's various things. But I mean, know. it's a it's a huge event, and this is a very small part of a very big event. You know, there's a massive, massive. We're the 
Sigmar event going on. We're, we're the Friday night titillation before the main the main yeah, show on the on the weekend. We are. If this was Vegas, we would be on you know about half past two in the afternoon. You know while you're waiting for Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons at eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. So do, do yes. they still do they still perform in Vegas or? And I think he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, hell of, that's, a, that's a hell of a wait. <laughs> Although we do have a request from um, from Chris, uh, one of the guys at the, um, the 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 Derby store. Can we pop in and say hello? Yeah, uh, it depends. I think if we if we depends what, what time we get down there and if we have enough time to do our setup. If we can, it would be great to go and see him. But we won't be signing any autographs. Well, that's because nobody would know a who we are and b want them. But apart exactly. from that, I never specified a reason. <laughs> Cool. Okay. Uh, yes, but yes, they're still available. Tickets yeah. can be bought. Follow the links on our Facebook page. I will throw up. We'll throw up another post to tomorrow. Yes. Okay, cool. Perfect. So, uh, the Warhammer 40k Open Day is now the Vigilus Weekender. Yep. Okay. It's been changed. So the Vigilus Weekender, Michael, I'm gonna have to throw it to you at this point because I don't actually know what the Vigilus. It's a 40k event. Yeah, it was the, it was it was the 40k open days, but they've been doing this campaign uh, recently that they played out over Kill Team over. Um, oh, is this what over the, 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 the two, last thing? Over the two box sets that they do. No, they've not had an event for Vigilus as in a you know thing, but it's sort of like you know they they they've had those couple of box sets, you know, two from Claw and Wait for the oh, Day. Okay. Yeah, with the with the Eldar and the, and the Gene Stealers. Well, they well they just well they were set on this world Vigilus, which is also the world on which the Kill Team um, game is set on, and um, the new uh, Speed Freaks orc racing game. Oh right, okay. So it's sort of um I I, I guess they've sort of chosen Vigilus. This was this world Vigilus is sort of a uh, a forty k everything's going on here. Ah, uh, that's quite a good idea. Right, okay. thing, and and the 40k weekend has become that you know it, it's not a case of the place is closed the whole weekend it's just the event hall where they've got seminars and stuff going on um so the important they, thing is that forge world are going to be there forge world are going to be there they have in the past been um being you know new heresy models revealed when it had been the 40k open days but we don't know we'll see what goes on i just thought it's worth throwing it up out there if you are around Obviously, it's a you know, and if you are playing 40k and kill team and that, you know, it might be cool to go along, but we'll see. Yeah. Normally, okay, I cool. normally I do go down for this weekend every year, but I'm uh, I'm in Sterling. You guys are venturing north, aren't you, to the beyond uh, the yeah. wall? Beyond the wall, going, going north. Nice, but, which is uh, weird because normally that's my job. Yeah. yeah, that is true. That is true. We, I mean, I must admit, actually, it's quite funny when I first moved up to the north from the south. Um, I remember driving all the way up from uh, sort of Brighton area, uh, all the way up to the M1, when, which is a huge old drive, five or six hours, um, and getting to Middlesbrough and seeing a sign that said the north. And I was like, my goodness, how much more north is there? So, um, yeah, we are going further north than I think I've ever been. He says. Yeah, I, I've not actually been that far. The furthest north I've been is Loch Lomond. OK, I have no idea where that is. I don't actually, if I'm honest with you, I'm a bit sketchy about where... Um, sterling is but i'm not driving i'm just getting uh, richie's driving isn't he so that's cool but yeah so we are we are venturing north which i'm looking forward to yeah okay. i think um no i have been well i have been further north when i've been in norway so yeah okay. but that doesn't count furthest north i've ever been in the uk yeah okay cool geography lesson over ladies and gentlemen yes um 
Next on the uh, so we have Peachy did a how to for Lamian Medium. Yeah, well, yeah, I haven't looked at this yet. I can't find it. I think myself. Yeah, I, I have a little pot of it. Yeah. I've I, I bought it. I don't know, but sort of at least over a year ago. I can't remember what I bought it for. I can't remember what I was going to do with it. <laughs> it's, it's, my, it's my go-to for transfers because um, what my transfer process is to to gloss the pad first. Um, then, then use the the Microsoft Micro Set, mm-hmm. uh, and at the end, you know, when you after two coats of Micro um, Micro Sol, it is uh, quite it's quite shiny still. So I use a bit of Lamia Medium to mat down um, the, the, the 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 surface, so it doesn't look shiny in it. And it takes a nice sorry, it takes a nice painted on effect as well. Okay, I mean, I I've used Lamia Medium for what i thought would thin out a like a wash you know like a null oil like because normally i thin the my null oil washes or agrax urshane washes down with water and it usually you know it, it tones it down a bit so it's not quite so um you know in your face dark um but lamia i'll have with the lamia is it doesn't it actually it doesn't lose any of that consistency if you see what i mean so when you thin it down with water it becomes a thinner color the lamia medium gives you it becomes more viscous for want of a better word yeah. and but you still maintain the, <clears throat> the brightness of the, the initial paint that's yeah. what i've used it for but you I mean a lot of people use it to make their own paints don't they or to do mm. you know, make, make, their own, make, to, make their own washes yeah which is a, yeah. a excellent use for it but yeah there's there's all that in this video and alarming medium is one of those it's a really good technical paint it's a really good tool i think everyone should have it in there in their paint set because it, yeah. it it is excellent and if you are doing transfers it is fantastic for that last matte coat over them which you know not only protects the transfers it kind of seals them in as well yeah, i might see if it because I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to get i've got close with the um, valero colors a really nice matte black i wonder if that would because i don't like a shiny black if i'm honest with you i like my blacks to yeah. be matte um yeah and so, I mean, having said that, I like there is a time and a place for a shiny black on you know, when you want something that's, um, I think John's jet bikes were, were kind of like a shiny black and look really good. But generally speaking, I'm painting the black of the Iron Warriors. I don't want it shiny. I want it matte because I think they're more of a matte, matte colour. See, I've got a um, uh, a matte varnish. Right. Okay. I use just takes the, um, so, just tones it down a little bit. Okay. Cool. Um, I've tried to do that in the past. I used it on my Telemont because the shoulders are very um, sort, of almost, sort of mirror finish, yeah. But now they've yeah, takes them down a bit. So, but if oh. Lamia Medium can do it with a as well, I might give that a yeah, yeah. yeah it's def- definitely maybe it's that definitely and then the matte uh, matte varnish on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so what else we got? Oh, this was this was good. Um, we got the detail. We we got a leak. Um. Uh, of um, some of Games Workshop's Christmas terrain bundles. And paint. Okay. So, um, there's free terrain boxes relevant to Heresy and five painting sets. So, um, and the, the painting sets all come in a handy plastic storage box. So, we've got uh, a munitions, uh, sorry, a Munitorum munitions hub. Um, it's going to be £125. So, I'm not sure how much that will be direct, uh, obviously, um, you know, saving money from third parties, but you get. 12 of the armor containers and two yeah. galvanic servo haulers so that's okay, okay. Um, i'm not sure i'd ever want 12 of them unless i'm doing some sort of maze 
I mean, I think if you're doing, see, I've often liked the idea of us, you know, if doing a um, say a Mortalis board, so it looks like a sort of the the hanger bake sort of look. Oh, yeah. yeah, that would be quite cool. So you yeah, could do yeah, that with that. I can see that. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, there's a thermic plasma nexus. Um, also 125 pounds has five plasma conduits, um, yep. one ferritonic furnace, uh, one heliotrope generator, and one thermic plasma regulator. Nice. So that's, that's quite a nice bit. Yeah, yeah that's quite. Uh, again, it's, it, they're they're doing good size scenery sets. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's like these will cover a good yeah, good bit exactly. of board, won't they? Yeah, you could get one of those and cover a cover a board to start with, couldn't you? With some little bits and bobs here and there, but it would give you yeah. something. Absolutely. I think two okay. of these bo- two of these boxes, two of these boxes, and you've got a fully a uh, you know a twenty five percent coverage table. I think twenty five percent. You're in Andrew Newton territory, now, <laughs> with, like, you know, four hundred bits per square inch kind of that territory. Uh, okay. Then they've got the Veil of Giran. It's sixty pounds and it's got four Sittler woods in it. Lovely. Okay. Well, that's so, you know, simple. Simple, <laughs> simple not enough. Not quite the same response, but yeah. yeah. It's simple enough. You know, the woods. Are, you know, the woods can make decent terrain if you if you're on a. Sorry. Thanks. It's, it's my mission this evening. Then we've got some uh, paint sets. We've got the um, Citadel Ultimate Paint Set. It's £175. Contains 53 paints and shades, three brushes, one painting handle, clippers, and a mould line remover. Doesn't um, seem too bad. I mean, 53 paints. I mean, they're about £2 odd a piece, aren't they, these days? Two, yeah. uh, £2.40. The, the, the shades are four quid. <coughs> four quid £4.50, I think. Um, you've got the the project paint set, which is 125 pounds, contains 49 paints and shades. Yeah. Uh, base and shade set, it's 125, contains 47 paints and shades. Uh, the layer paint set, it's 150 pounds, contains 76 paints. That's pretty good, actually. And the Citadel Air paint set, which is 110 pounds and contains 52 paints. Hmm. I guess it's one of those things. I'm mean, obviously not being a, a painter who likes who, who paints. Um, models for fun you know, I paint models so I can play them and they're painted um, I guess I, I mean I look at all the paints that I've got and collected over the years and it's like you know I probably only use about 15 of these at a, a maximum you know maybe it's it, they're nice to have but I suppose it's would I ever want to if I was starting from scratch would I would I do it that way would I just build the ones that I wanted and then add as I went along yeah it's it's not I'm not going to go out and buy one of these because I've got enough paints you know to keep me going but yeah. As long as I've got Liberator Gold, I tend to be fine. Yeah, Liberator Gold and, and Corn Red, and you're done, aren't you? Basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and Retributor Armor. Oh, oh, no, that's, a, that's a rattle can, yeah. No, no, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So I'll put pictures of those up in the um, show notes. Yeah. Okay, cool. But they, they, they are. Yeah, that's that's great value. That, uh, that air paint set might go on my post Christmas my post Christmas list, I think. Got you. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Very cool. So, so what else have we got there, Chris? So Black Library have announced the first of the new novella series containing stories from various Games Workshop um, uh, intellectual properties. The first series has two heresy books, which were previously known about from the list of seminars 
at the Black Library Weekenda. They are both prequels to the Siege of Terror and are uh, Spear of Ultramar by David Annadale and Dreadwing by David Goimer. Goimer? Goimer? Goimer. Um, They are books four and five in the novella series. Black Library have said that Robert Gilman and the Lion will be taking a spotlight in these books, which will explain why they weren't at the siege. Okay. Uh, They will be going up for pre-order on the 3rd of November, so that's... Uh, Blood and Glory weekend, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. First, first, uh, and the Black Library weekender as well. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's that. I forgot about that being that weekend. And, and I asked um, them today, would they be available as ebooks? And they said yes. No, oh, cracking. So, the so, um, the Dreadwing one. Are, intrigues well, me. Are, yeah, me too, actually. Books four and five. So wait, one, two, and three were. So then they're probably 40k in Sigma, I should think. Oh, I see. Right, I see what two, you mean. Right, okay. Two of each, so one uh, and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like there's, there's there's ten books. I think there's a Necromunda one in there. There's a right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, so yeah, so there's three 40k ones there. There's a Necrom. There's two Heresy, a Necromunda, and then um four Age of Sigmars. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. I, yeah. So this is these aren't a series per se about of, of anything Heresy related. They're just books as part of this series. And two of them happen to be about heresy, but these are supposed to sort of bridge the gap between the end of the Horus Heresy book set and the start of the new Siege yeah, of yeah, Terror. They're, yeah, they're specifically a prequel to the Siege of Terror, so they are um they they are the um they, I think they follow on from Ruin Storm as it's as they said. Okay, cool. Very good. The Dark Angels oh, yeah, and right. the Ultramarines, neither of them were involved in the siege. We kind of know why, uh, due to um, Ruin Storm. If you've read Ruin Storm, yeah. Um, and uh, obviously this might go into a bit more. Mind you, Sanguinius got there, didn't he? Just saying, he, he put the effort in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got Sanguinius there. They're, they're, yeah. yeah. You know, he, 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 it's he all explained in the books. The long, the yes, long shift. He, he got there. Read Ruin Storm. You know what? It's not the best heresy book, but it is kind of essential. I think that uh, Gulliman just couldn't be couldn't be bothered. Frankly, thought I've got my own empire. Oh, 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 oh. Anyway, Do you mind what you're saying there, man. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the um, episode that Graham and Michael stopped talking. Yeah, I just don't. I, you know, it's going to be a podcast that, through me, isn't it, Graham? That, can you tell yeah, me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. empire, you probably thought, you know what, it's done anyway. I'll, I'll just do this one. It's fine now. Yeah, okay. Another bit of Black Library news, isn't there, Chris? There is. So the swag bag for the Black Library Weekender has been revealed. Uh, you get a custom bag, Crusade and other stories, which contains some heresy. There's a poster, which has got uh, one side of which is Gotrex, and the other is all of the weekend. Uh, um authors and uh, artists i guess yeah yeah uh, so that you can get those get their little pictures signed nice. five a5 prints uh, including one of titan death and the visions of heresy cover all right there are badges uh, including a visions of heresy one uh, a gotrex keyring a sheet of stickers with some custodes uh, on it and 20 years of black library postcard set which is oh, good. Be good yeah, because I think we talked about that ooh, last month, possibly. Yeah. Um, about the postcard while, set. A while ago, we talked about it. Yeah, so that'll be um, that'll be quite good. Because do we do we know anyone that's going 
That's obviously Blood and Glory. A lot of people that we know are sort of going to that. Um, I know one guy who's going, but he's a crazy, a crazy Slovenian. Um, okay. I mean, they're the best okay. kind of people. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So that's you know, that'd be good if we, you know. Yeah, those. I must admit, the um, the postcards intrigue me. Yeah, the, the artwork's always the the, yeah. the the thing for me. I think when it comes to Black Library, or, uh, Warhammer Art, as I think it now is on online. Yeah, I, I keep meaning to get that postcard set because it's not it's not terribly expensive. No. Um, okay. But it's um, it's just a case of I never get round to it. But I, I think I I'm, I'm gonna have to soon because it, it does look it does look good. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, today I guess is it this on the day of the yep. show goes out? Yeah. Uh, Games Workshop's five hundredth store will wow. be opened. Which that's quite some achievement by any stretch these days. Yeah, yeah, very uh, And so. do this, they have done two models, one of which is for 40k, and the other one is for Age of Sigma. Um, so it's well, unsurprising, considering those are the two lines that they hold in the stores. So these, just let me get this right. These these two figures are only going to be available for the 500th store. Is that right? You'll be able to buy them in the no, other no. stores. They're, they're oh, available in every okay. single. Every single but, store. I was going to say that's got scalpers written all over it. <laughs> on, on the on the Saturday only. Yeah. Um, but it's not to do with heresy. But you know what? There's a there's a 500 store badge. Uh, some stores are giving them are just giving them away, and others are saying spend 50 quid. <laughs> I would I would be choking. I'd spend 50 quid too if that's if that's the danger. Yeah. Spend 50 pounds or you'll be suffocated. Yes. It hasn't actually suffocated on the other end of this because we wouldn't know, and that would be really embarrassing. Yeah, be a hell of a thing for the Christmas catch. Hartley gets. I was trying to. I was trying to pick out. You know when you got those pots, the pots of paint. Well, I got some stormhost silver, and it wasn't closing properly because of the paint gummed up in the joints. So I was picking it out with a pair of tweezers, and I sent a little bit of it right down my throat. Yeah, yeah, that's got yeah, okay. That sounds like one of those very elaborate excuses that people have for when they have various things inserted into their bodies and they go to A and E. That's literally what <laughs> Well says Michael. No, there's no need to you know, we won't question you, we we're your friends. I was in the bath and um and I slipped on the soap <laughs> and that um, broom handle uh, anyway. Moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly on. So, yeah. So, so yeah. So, you know, obviously, a bit of an achievement there. Games Workshop, five hundred stores. Yeah, I think. I, mean, I think that's something to be sort of um, quite proud of. I mean, when you think about the certainly the retail industry as it is in the UK at the moment, or yeah. well, now, I suppose globally yeah. as well. This must include their global stores, but it's, it's no small achievement opening up five hundred shops anywhere. So. You're not right, and given that, like you say, that, that most people in the high street are closing shops and mm. moving online, um, Games Workshop are still opening them and still have a, a very have an online uh, on high street presence. It's, it's funny because um, I was doing it something the other day, and they're very, you know, their statement is, you know, they're not a retailer; they're okay. a manufacturer. Right, I'm with you. The, okay. the retail stores only provide an access point right, uh, for people to get involved in the hobby. They're not, you know, right. that's that's what they class themselves as. They're a manufacturer, not a retailer. Interesting, because I, I see... Yeah. 
500 shops that sell their product. I guess that would be a bit like kind of the Apple model, wouldn't it, really, I suppose, you know, where people go there and look at the product and not necessarily buy it there and then they may go away and buy it online later. But, you know, with the, the advantage, of course, I suppose, is from both those companies is that if you're going to buy them, you're probably going to go through them anyway at some point. But, yeah, yeah. Seemed, I wonder whether they push – wonder whether the – I'm assuming that the stores still have to turn a profit. They're not like a loss leader in that regard. Yeah, the, uh, there is a whole conversation we could have about this. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe it's for our business episode. Yeah. Because um, I have looked at some bits and pieces you, you of, have about the, at the, at the about yearly the, financials, haven't they? Yeah. So you yeah. Know, they haven't. They haven't closed. They've. You know, some stores they've closed over the last year. Um, some they've had to sort of relocate for rent purposes, things like that. Yeah. So it's not all been just progress, progress, progress. But yeah, they certainly have. You know, if if a store isn't working, they have you know closed them down. Closed and, them down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Cool. Um, but yes, that's oh yeah, power and stores. Well done, Games Workshop. Yeah. Um, moving on. So although you know we're not cool enough to be able to put this on Facebook because they don't want to play with us. Um, no. Cult of Paint have teamed up with Harder and Steenbeck to launch their own signature airbrush, which oh, okay. is going to Kickstarter on the 24th of October. Right. Um, which is big news for all the airbrush aficionados out there. So Cult of Paint are like a – they do those sort of weekend seminar things, don't they? You know, they do, yeah. They do yeah. Um, courses and things people can go on. Um, I think they do sort of, sort of sculpting things as well, model. Um, wow. So yeah, they just they do a lot of a lot of cool stuff actually. Um, okay. But yeah, now they've got this um, their own custom airbrush. Um, airbrush out of it. So yeah, it looks nice. it, it looks very nice. I'm going to stick with my really simple one for the time being before. I wouldn't know where to start with airbrushes, and I must get my head around airbrushing at some point. Robert, robbing from the Imperial Truth has, has, has said he will come and show us at some point, so we will have to sort that out in the new year, I think. But if you you know if you come down at some point, I can show you yeah what i do as well so cool yeah well the thing with rob ing's airbrush and you'll hate him for this is he just uses a very cheap chinese brush that he got off ebay years ago i bet he doesn't anymore i don't hope he doesn't but that's what what he's telling us yeah Uh, you know that's 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 kind of amazing yeah, I guess it's, I mean, he's a talented guy, so yeah, we've seen what he's done with his um, Alpha Legion this month, um, you know, with the, uh, his Rite of the Ancients list, I mean, it looks absolutely incredible, so um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so, yes, uh... well, we got some, yeah, so there was some uh, business news, business news, business news, there was, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so today Games Workshop warned the market that they're under... There are some uncertainties in the trading period ahead for the remainder of the 2018-19 trading year, uh, which caused a slight drop in the share value today. Um, I own a single share in Games Workshop because I just thought it would be cool. Uh, yeah. And my bank sent me an email saying that basically it's a, a Brexit warning, you know, the choppy waters ahead. Because at the minute, a lot of companies are saying, you know, we don't know what's going on post 29th yeah. of March. Um, so we don't know, you know, if we're going to be able to make the same amount of money. So and I think yeah. this situation would explain a. I personally think this would explain a lot of decisions that Games Workshop have made, um, sort of regarding the international customers. Yeah. Um, over the last year. Yeah, I think that was. I mean, we kind of talked about this privately, haven't we? Because it's a very emotive subject for people that are generally affected by it. Um, 
you know, because they were getting their stuff at a certain price and now it's gone up. And, you know, the, the consensus that we've had and done a lot more research than I have in this is that um, this is them, you know, shoring up their position uh, to make sure that they're not going to get, because they've got a responsibility to their own shareholders, um, to to make sure that they are sort of fiscally sound in, in very uncertain times. Yeah. So that's that's basically what, what we think it is. And this is a net, the net result of because obviously, you know, there is an international market for their stuff, but they're also heavily reliant, I would assume, on imported raw materials. As you know, the fluctuations in the stock market and currency well, markets. You know, they must they 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 sell to a lot of international like trade. Yeah. Um, like trade is a uh, sort of when I was thinking through it, you know, they make as much money through trade sales as they do sort of their own retail sales, things like that. So, you know, if they're if those are international trade and then there isn't a agreement in place where they can do that, right, okay. that deal, you know, that's going to have an effect. So when you say trade, basically them selling to retailers. So such in, as Element Games, um, okay, right, Firestorm, right. people, trade accounts. Yeah, yeah. You know, there okay, are yeah. those internationally as well, obviously. Um, I haven't got right, it right now yeah. to, to yeah. sort of spout numbers at you, but... Um, yeah, right, there was so, a, there was a, a high proportion of those, and then obviously if they can't do that internationally, then yeah, it's going to affect their bottom line, isn't it? Yeah, and exactly. That, and they're responsible to their shareholders to um, maintain that or to try to maintain that profitability as much as possible, give them the yeah. biggest dividend they can for their share. So, and I guess the other thing about share prices also to go back to the thing there is that they're they're not really a reflection of what the company's worth; they're a reflection of what the market thinks the company's worth, which can usually be two separate entities. So I've just I've just found the um the the bit here just so we, it's going to sound it's a, bit, it's getting a bit boring now we're talking business but anyway, just quickly so the trade so this is the amount of money that they made from actually from yeah the, we have a high caliber set of listeners so these people are going to, yeah they're going to be interested they're going to be reading their financial times listening to this drinking <laughs> yeah on on a Saturday um, even though there was a slight drop in price you've got to remember they literally have had over the past two years what a two thousand percent increase in the value of the company so the amount of money they made so uk and continental europe trade accounts they made 39 million pounds right that's, that's in, basically direct sales to that's direct retailers. sales to, to, to yeah to retailers other yeah, trade accounts okay yep. so that's that's the uk continental europe yep now their retail money that they made in that same thing was let me just combine that quickly in my head. Was forty eight and a half million. Okay, so, so yeah, forty so odd, eight percent. So there's only ten, it's only yeah. ten million pounds difference in how much they make from trade sales than their own outlets. Yeah. Which yeah. Out, when you look at two hundred, you know, the, their total revenue is two hundred, nearly two hundred twenty million. Yeah. It's it's not a big difference between the two. I mean, obviously that's just you. I'm just. You know, the UK and Europe and Europe figures. Sure. You, you know, they do list Australia, New Zealand, um, North America as well. Got it, yeah. I'd be interested to see, I, mean, I suppose they must have an idea of what they're, you know, if let's say worst case scenario, that there is a no deal Brexit and that they then have to go, you know, and start having different trade tariffs. How much of that 39 million and 40 or whatever is to Europe and how much of it is to the UK? Because that could be a big hit. 
Yeah, so I can't tell you what the trade breakdown is. I can tell you what the retail breakdown is. Okay. So the UK retail is 27 and a quarter million. Yeah. And continental Europe is 21. Wow. So that's a, a big, that's a big, big hit for them if that goes peaked on. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously because we have the EU trade agreements with with like North yeah. America and Australia. So just quickly, so retail. Um, let's just have a quick thing here. So North America trade deals was 41 million. Right. And Australia, New Zealand was 4 million. So, so that's a huge difference, isn't it? So, that's 10%. so if, if, if they lose those, if, if those tariffs and things go up on those figures. It'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, because I, I suppose it depends on whether the EU's got an agreement currently to, to if you see what I mean, as part of that EU trading book that kind of thing well that's, whether, that's get, what, yeah. whether it's more or less than who is i suppose but yeah that would be interesting like you know to see if that's that's effective because then that may not be as effective as kind of what i'm getting at if you sort of because some yeah, things yeah. they've got they've got an agreement you know certain goods and materials that they've got an agreement to sell to america and they've got an agreement to buy other goods and services from america and that's what that trade deal is about but it doesn't cover everything i don't think i could be wrong on that one so yeah. But America may not be affected as badly, but if you think about it, fifty percent of their retail costs or retail money is coming from um, Europe, and that nobody knows what's going to happen there. So that could have a big impact on us. To bring it back to heresy, because obviously the profitability of the company is sort of directly related to how much R and D they're going to spend and how much investment they're going to have in you know, expanding lines and expanding manufacturing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. Yes, it's. Like, so I, I think that's pretty interesting, personally. Yeah, no, I, I do. I mean, I'm, so I'm, maybe that's just me. As, as I'm just, as we're talking about, it, I'm just sort of going through the, I'm sort of being lost, lost in the numbers again. Um, yeah. But no, I, it, it's been quite interesting going through the, through the numbers. Um, just sort of the other, the other week, just sort of trawling through for details and sharing them with you guys. Um, yeah, I, I noticed there was a, you know, when we we're, were going through the. Um, the, the, when the change happened with the sort of the, the Australians and um, yeah. Americans saying about oh you know and, and a, a common thing was that suddenly the CEO was getting paid a lot more money. Well, yeah. But the thing is, actually, he's he's taken on two roles to do that, and their overall wage that they pay the directors has dropped. Cool, yeah. So and, and also in any PLC, fundamentally, the CEO is rewarded by the value of the shares. Hmm. So if the company is doing very well and the market thinks it's doing very well, let's say the share price goes up, so the dividends get paid out, the CEO is going to get more money because he's doing his job yeah. very well, if you see what I mean. So you can understand why that happens. But I mean, this, there's no way of doing this without it becoming emotive. It affects people's hobby, and people are really angry about this yeah. because if you, look at the, if you look at it in the cold light of business, which we are going to do, so apologies to any... Australians or Americans listening. If we look at it from that point of view, you think, well, if I was Games Workshop CEO and Australia is, is, you know, a tenth of the value that I get from Europe or a tenth of the value that I get from America, you know, I'm, I may not be as conscious of the fact that if I lose trade from there, it's not going to have a massive impact on my bottom line. And that may be their thing. I can't say it's real, but that may be what's happening. 
Because they were, you know, the Australians have been massively unhappy, haven't they? You yeah. Know, we've seen lots of posts that have said things like, you know, everything that Ford World comes up, it's like, yeah, but it's going to cost us four times as much as in Australia now. Thanks very much. So, you know, it's it's an emotive thing. I mean, we, 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 we can't look at it from a purely business point of view here, but there is a, a human aspect that we haven't really considered. I think, you know, if, if we were there, you know, if this was a, an Australian podcast, I think, you know, we would be having, <clears throat> we would feel exactly like they do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, if you imagine it's like going into the shop one week and it costing you £10 and then going into the next week and it costing you £16, it's a huge yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just wait for the end of March. Well, this is, I mean, this is the thing. We may find that this is a, a short-term situation. Yeah, I think any company that's in that situation that, you know, and there aren't many exporters in the UK, I guess. We don't have, we're not an export of materials or anything these days. We're more of a service-based com- uh, country. But there aren't many that, that, are, that are in this situation, I would have thought, in this volume. Um, and who also, you know, have are so exposed to other things like if the, the price of oil, for example, because one assumes it has a direct result of the price of oil has a direct impact on the cost of plastics, for example. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, everybody's saying that the price of oil is like is again to $100 a barrel. So that could also have another impact on the cost of plastics, which is another thing the games workshop had to have probably hedged against to make sure that they've got a steady supply at a certain price it's um yeah, anyway wow when did we become business business inside this is awesome <coughs> yeah 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 so so quick quick run through we got a little bit of titanica's news um so i'll just put <coughs> down there we had a our as expected article from warhammer community on warhound scout titans and their tactics which was uh, in the week before their pre-order so um i'll put a link to that in the show notes it was quite what, interesting what, but not yeah what did it say i haven't read it not as in-depth as i would have liked but you know okay did the job uh, right. and then we had some excellent photos shared by facebook uh so, sorry on facebook this week of the titans of Anch Salibas, uh, his Legio Mortis, and Christopher Drews, uh, the model designers, his uh, Legio Kratos. Um, yeah. And they're fantastic. And uh, to be honest, there's a ton of model photos being shared around at the minute, especially on Facebook um, and Instagram, uh, because obviously everything is out now and people are really, really starting to really get into yeah. the game. There's so, a lot of, a lot of, I get a lot of stuff on my Facebook, but sort of, um, page, not page, feed about you know people with posting pictures of the little titans, which is very cool. Yeah, it is very, very, very cool. And then there was a little bit of controversy um, earlier this week. Um, James Stewart, he's uh, you know he engages with fans very often. He's the the designer of the new edition, um, and he on his own personal blog um, released some suggested house rules because people have been a little bit. How come you know this knight, which is only so tall? Is able to smack my warlord in the face. Um, okay. It jumps. Surely everyone knows it jumps. Yeah, got yeah, yeah. And he basically released on his blog a little bit of information behind why that happens because you know the, they felt that they, they had a mechanic um, that they felt was a little bit too complicated. Right. Um, and um, he shared more or less what it was as a house rule. And he was like, you know, this is a hundred percent absolutely un- unofficial. Um, just have a look at it and play with it if you want to if you want to do this cool um and some people kind of were like taking it as an absolute gospel you know this is the word from games workshop 
Um, and it doesn't even work for Games Workshop now, does he? No, he doesn't. He's an independent guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. You know, he, he's just designed the um, the Hellboy uh, board game rules for Mantic. Um, but yeah, he's, he's he's on his you know he's on his Todd now, um, and obviously he does go back to Games Workshop for some consultation work. Um, and I think he's he's obviously he's taken down the post because I think you know people were making a big deal about it, um, and <sighs> it's sort of like well you know what it's his, it's at the end of the day it's his job. If someone <sighs> you know if if Games Workshop think well he's he's dishing all this, he's dishing out all this stuff he's saying. You know, essentially, this is he's trying to change the rules when he doesn't even work for us anymore. Yeah. So he's had to take it down um, and sadly leave the group because it was a bit spoiled um, because people, you know, went mental over this. And this is why we can't have nice things. No, no, no. He, sh- he shared some suggested house rules uh, and a little bit of background and people and people took took it, you know, took, really took the mick over it. And, I'm, you know, it's. It's about <sighs> it's, it's been nice. It's the basic internet. Yeah. See one thing and go, yes. I, I, obviously, it is a shame. I want it to be. Yeah, it is a, it is a pity, though. Yeah, I, but the, I, I, the, I despair a bit. The rules themselves are actually pretty good, so. Okay. Um, I think they're still out there. I think, you know, people have captured screenshotted to death yeah there's, there's, some, there's some screenshots of it out there so um they look pretty interesting but you know they do add another level of complexity to you know a reasonably complex game already so yeah okay cool okay so that's pretty much the news from this month so we'll go nice. on to our new post bag feature so Okay, so this is uh, the new section we put in because we get quite a lot of obviously stuff that's in State of the Union or stuff that's in you know new releases and things. Uh, one thing that we we spend quite a lot of time doing is uh, poofing around the internet, you know, during our various breaks during the day and looking at stuff. And sometimes a couple of things sort of catch your eye that we think's worth a mention. So a couple of things this month. The first one was um, we've been speaking to uh, Mick Ryan's, and I think uh, Michael and I met Mick when we went to Warhammer World for the for that uh, Forge World Day, if you remember, Mike. Yes, we, we did, I believe. Yeah, and um, he asked us to have a look at one of his lists recently, but he also sent us some pictures of uh, a game that he had at War on the World, which is a bit melancholy, this one, because it's on that, uh, if you've been to Warhammer, there's a really cool kind of Tau outpost <coughs> um, uh, scenery battleboard thing, which is really awesome. I've always liked this one a lot, and Chris and I and Dave had a game on it when we went there. Um, and it's really good. Anyway, there's some good pictures of him playing. It looks like a fairly big game, you know, four or five thousand points aside. Yeah, they went for it, didn't they? They did, yeah. There's knights, Two there's all nights sorts and... of going. Um, looked really good fun, actually. I think it was um, the Cursed Imperial Fists uh, against Iron Warriors. I think there were some so, Ultramarines in there as well. There was all sorts. It looked really good anyway. So we've got some good posters from that. So thanks for sending those in. Make that look like an excellent game. So we you, we had a game down there, and you reminded me of so my memory about we, something. We um, played on that game board this board, I think now, five years ago? No, it can't be. Six surely. years ago? It's probably not no, far off that. No. Yeah, absolutely. It was the year before last, wasn't it? It certainly wasn't. Um, yeah. But we, uh, the three of us you went. Were, you were at Warhammer World the year before last, so I remember yeah, seeing the photos was, 
This was a, this was going back five six years ago now. Okay, quite, really? Wow. Quite, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. I was I was thin then. Um, so I have a wasp we, So I think we we'd taken our heresy armies. You took your fist. You took your warriors. I took my fists. Yeah. And we played a game on this board. And the, the this is the overriding memory for me of this entire weekend was when Dave was using a knight. I think what my knight that is now your knight and needed to make a double six. Oh, that's right. Dice roll. Now this was a make or break double six dice roll um, to get through terrain. So he needed those 12 inches. Now, not only did he not look at the dice when he dropped the dice to roll them, he went double six coming up, turned away, dropped the dice. And there they were. There they were. Yeah, that right. was it. Was almost it was reminiscent for those of you who have seen the film. I think it's the Hustler with uh, Paul Newman and uh, Tom Cruise as a pool player, but he does a very similar thing with a pool shot where he just turns away, hits the ball, and it you know does a spectacular shot the other end. It was that cool, wasn't it? It was. It was yeah, it, it was incredible. And so yes, that is that I can still picture it now. Yeah. And I did just yeah. I mean, I've tried this many times since. It's never worked. <laughs> But yeah, it's just the perfect environment for that that moment to happen. Yes. But yeah, that, yeah. So Absolutely. it was sort of seeing sort of mixing those photos in, just suddenly like, the whole the whole thing came flooding back. Just that moment of Dave going double, double six, six. Yeah. boom, okay. done. Absolutely perfect. Well, having now go. met Dave, I can actually picture that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He's a he's a he's a baller when it comes to dice. <laughs> he totally is. <laughs> <laughs> it, it did look like quite a good game though that uh, that, that they had there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of Primarchs yeah, on the board. There was Dawn and and. Uh... But I mean that that is going to be missed, isn't it? You know when they go to this uh, more generic table thing because these tables are going, aren't they? If I understand it. Well, they said they said like, quite a few of the tables are uh, the bigger tables are going and being replaced with you know more generic, smaller ones. But it's a case of will this table be one of those? Because it is quite iconic. Well, if they don't want it, I'll have it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, if they need somewhere to store it, that's fine. No worries. I'm, I'm more than happy to, to take care of it for them because it's a cracking board. Anyway, so that's that. Uh, the other thing that, that caught my eye, though, is uh, our good friend, who we've mentioned about four times already, uh, is Rob Ing from Imperial Truth. He's Alpha Legion now. Um, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of... So he's doing this for uh, the Blood and Glory event, a Alpha Legion Rite of the Ancients event. Uh, um, four, so it's all dreadnoughts. Um, obviously, I think you need a you need a, a, a forge lord and a primus medicae. Yeah, yeah. So he's got all of those anyway. He's done a spectacular job with this kind of um, I don't know what the you know, sort of clear you know where you have the sort of clear shiny effect with an airbrush. Um, it yeah, just looks that's... superb. A metallic blue. Yeah, it really does. I'm really looking forward to seeing this in the flesh because it looks absolutely spectacular. So we'll, put, we'll see if we can put some photos into the app as well because I, I think that looks great. I'm looking forward to crushing it into the dirt. Because that's going to be your first game, isn't it? Yeah. I believe. The the Imperial Truth Edge of Empire uh, battle for pride is going to be represented by me and Rob. <laughs> well, there you go. Because the thing is, I can't obviously play against it because we're on the same side. So uh, there you go. Anyway, have, have you guys seen it? Oh, okay. This is the, those are the two things that caught my eye. Anyway, yeah, I think. Um, 
just trying to think if anything else. I'm sure there was something that's, that's escaped me, and this was a, a, a hastily thrown in section. It was. Um, it was. About five minutes before we went to, to before we sat down to do this. So, if we, if I can recall, I'll I'll pass the details to Mike, and we'll try and put them in the show notes. Yeah. Um. So people can sort of spread the love around. So if you have stuff, mm. this is going to be a new sort of interaction section. Yeah. Um. So if you have some cool things and you think I want to share it with those guys so they can talk about it. Yeah. Then you know send it our way and then we'll see what we can. Yeah. Even if it's not something that you've done personally or something you've seen that's yeah. cool in the heresy space, we'd love to hear about it and we'll, we'll talk about it in the show. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so um, right. So shall we move on to books? And it will be a list of upcoming books this time. Nice. Yep. I'll just uh, get get my get my sleeping cap on. That'll shut your face. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> books wise, we've had we've mentioned pretty much most of the book news in State of the Union. Um, so it's just running through the upcoming books: Vulcan, um, Lord, Lord of is it Lord of Nocturne, um, or Lord of something or other? Yeah, Lord of Lord of Drakes, wasn't it? Lord of Drakes, yes, that's it. It's 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 available for download um, the day of the release of this episode, so I haven't been able to read or listen to it yet. So hopefully next month we'll have a review of it. Um, so it's out. On the, oh, I might. If it's it's going to be down uh, for download, isn't it? Yeah. So I may download it and reload read it while I'll, while I'm on my break. Yes. Yeah. So we'll just run through what is coming out. Um, so pre-order um, on on yeah today today the twentieth uh, uh, we've got um, Heralds of the Siege which is the new anthology uh, the one with Angry Dawn get off my Angry get off Dawn. my lawn oh, that, that artwork yeah it's fantastic it, it does funny things to me it's gonna have to, I, I hopefully they'll release that as a as a print that we can buy because then I can put that with my homage to Valdor. And then yeah. I think my life might be complete at that point. Cool. And we've also got Korax, Lord of Shadows, uh, the limited edition available for pre-order um, as well. Um, so that's that's that. And then we've got uh, the 3rd of November. We've got the two novellas, uh, the novella series. So we've got Spear of Ultramar and um, Dreadwing um, coming out. And it then, excites me. Yep, and then the 1st of December, we've got the Horus Heresy um, Audio Collection Volume 1, um, which I think we spoke about last month, contains a lot of the, um, uh, contains a lot a lot of, uh, you know, some little little <coughs> audio dramas, um, Raven's Flight, Butcher's Nails, Templar, Thief of Revelations, Hunter's Moons, Sigilite, and Little Horus, all, in, all on CD format. So that should be interesting if you would prefer your audio books on CD. Um, then we've got Visions of Heresy, the new version. That's also 1st of December. Um, then Hubris of Monarchia is the 8th of December, uh, along with Titan Death, which I think I'm really looking forward to. And then finally, a new one that we didn't know of before. It's just got, gone up, you know, uh, uh, you know, previewed um, this month is Nick Kimes Nightfane, um, which is uh, Aeonod Feel. Um, and he's red marked um, playing around in the 500 world. So 
Um, that should be quite interesting. So, because uh, everyone loves uh, Aenid Feel. Uh, are they arriving on yeah. Bar? No, Bale. Just looks like it says, it says there they're arriving on Bar. Oh, okay. that's, that's a hell of a detour. Yeah. No. Um, so that should be that should be good because uh, it's been a while since we've heard from Feel. Yeah. And I think uh, most people are a big fan of his. It's, it's nice returning to all characters that you haven't sort of necessarily. Um, Red for a while, sort of. So that'd be good to sort of yeah. get that get back, that character back in our memories, especially. Yeah. Yeah, because he's um, probably not going to play a big part coming up, is he? So. Yeah, and oh no, that's a twelfth of Jan. Yeah, so that's a twelfth of January. That's available for uh, pre-order. So that's uh, that's the upcoming books, so and not much yeah. else to go. So, shall we head on to doing a report on uh, Company of Legends? Yeah, let's go for it. Summon Prod Graham. Okay. Huh? What? When? Uh, guys, we're going to do a quick overview of how um, Company of Legends went, what uh, crack was. Hopefully, we'll get some reviews on other podcasts. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> oh, that's, that's always the, the the most stressful part of listening to those podcasts is when they go, "Oh, so let's talk about Company of Legends again." So, oh, yeah, no. it's like yeah, let me do it. Let me put my pillow over my head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 always you know because the thing is it's we invest a lot of time and effort into it, obviously, and you, you want to try and make it as good as possible. But you know, generally speaking, if I'm completely honest, although we've had feedback in the past, all that feedback has been really useful and positive from our point of view because we've tried to improve things. So yes, it's like you say, it is a it is a thing that you you think, oh man, I hope they enjoyed it because. You know, when you run these events, you're conscious of the fact that people are travelling a long way and they're giving up their weekends and they're taking holidays, and you want to try and make it as good as possible. Mm, yeah, definitely. But so we uh, shall see. Yeah, so uh, Friday was uh, obviously setup day and getting getting everything in place, and I think that went rather reasonably smoothly. I think yeah, it was people smoothly. were early doors, weren't they? That was the thing. Mm. Like me and yeah. Graham were a little bit later in the day getting there because we had to go pick up terrain and things. You forgot at least one box. The um, we carried what we could. The the mixed the mixed herbs um forest board. Oh well, yeah, we had plenty. We had enough. That was cool. In fact, we had one yeah. extra. So no. Two people brought um terrain, so we were able to. Uh, yeah. Two people brought terrain. Um, so it, it, it all worked out in the end, but we do need another two tables worth of terrain, yeah. which I am putting together. Uh, I think I've got. I think we yeah we run through it anyway. Um, so yeah, that was that was quite interesting getting it all set up and getting everything ready and um, getting people yeah, settled in because I think it was a, I think it was a bit more chilled out, relaxed than it has been because we weren't providing food this time. So yeah, that did make a big difference actually throughout the whole of the event because that was a one less stress we had to worry about. It was yeah, not not doing food on the Friday night was a lot less stressful. But I, I think also good, I think we found out that. A lot. It was a lot of people's first events. Yeah, I think it was quite relaxed. I think people were sort of, sort of, not cautious, but they're trying to feel their, sort of feel yeah. the event out. If that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. it was, it was, a, it was a bit of a mixture, wasn't it? Because like people who had been last year, the people we actually had a couple of people who had been in March, Snuck uh, so in. they kind of, they kind of knew the the score. Uh-huh. And we had a couple of people. Who, this was the first ever event, so you know that was a big big honor from our point of view so um but i think i generally was a bit more relaxed this friday night than i was on the, the march friday night because 
we were later that hubris did come back and sort of bite us um i was fairly confident at that point that all the problems that we'd had were ironed out in the first iteration of this and this was going to be fairly plain sailing which just goes to show you know <laughs> how foolish you know, the gods <laughs> laugh at, at mere mortals plans but um i speaking i was fairly relaxed we'd, we'd spent quite a lot of time um improving the spreadsheet and stuff and the games up stuff so i was like yeah we've got this we've absolutely nailed this again uh, the, the gods laugh at us mortals plans yeah. and uh but other than that you know and we had time for a game on friday night because we didn't have a lot to do from our point of view but once a sort of tables were done got the scenery over like i said we didn't have the meal to deal with so people just sort of settled in for the night and started yeah. having a few drinks and a few laughs we did the presentation i think about nine o'clock um where we yeah. kind of ran through stuff um you know what we'd done what we'd improved on what we looked at in um march and what we'd changed between march and september um and i was you know, fairly fairly buoyant at that point you know about um, how things were going to go and what we'd done so uh, we had a game, didn't we? Because obviously our brother Dave, this was his first heresy event. Actually, it was his yeah. first event event. So it was his first time that he'd actually played uh, a game, you know, against people over a weekend. Normally it's like a odd game here and there, a, a sort of local shed thing that they have. But this was the first time that he played lots of different people who he didn't know, um, which was the same for a lot of people that weekend yeah. as well, which was cool. Now, so we had so we tried good. to have a chat with him, but sadly with a. The, the recording of that conversation didn't go as planned, but I think um, so he, him, from his point of view, going into the Friday, he was sort of um, anticipation, I guess, was is the right phrase sort of I, I got from the conversation that we had. So sort of yeah, I think it was. I think it was a bit nervous that it was going to be like a tournament. Yeah. And that people were going to be there and they were, you know, because you obviously hear these horror stories about certain gaming tournaments and the people are super serious and it's like, oh, I've got to win at all costs. And I think it was slightly, you know, I hope it's not like that because that's not really how I play. Um, and I think that that was pretty soon um, dispelled the next day. But I think that was, was a little bit nervous about that. But I think just finding being in a room with this, with like minded people um talking about the same things is, is actually something that we kind of take for granted now but it's, isn't that common no i uh, think uh, that's the one thing that company legends really does yeah because people are in, in that enclosed space all of the time yeah you're kind of you're sort of forced to interact with people yeah i mean I I forced that, is a strong oh, word. no no but but you can't really get away from people if that makes sense it's not like you know yeah. if we go like when we went to london when we go to derby once we're done playing games, we can, you know, we can go back to our hotel yeah. and then we're separated from the event. Yeah. Whereas I think Tommy Legends gives you that, um, you know, you've got to have that that interaction with people. So you sort of, you can sort of blend into it quite easily. Yeah. I mean, it's, you've got that, like you say, for a start, you've got that. Um, you're not having to force a conversation because you're all playing no. the same game and you can say, Hey, what army have you brought? Or Hey, your figures look awesome or whatever. And you, you know, you're having a conversation then and you're kind of, you know, meeting people and, and sort of interacting with them, which is a really good sort of social thing. I think you're yeah. right, Chris. That it's a, I don't know whether it's unique in the UK, but it's certainly um, a, a, a plus point for the event as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a plus point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think yeah. D- definitely. So, yeah, I think that was the, the Friday was pretty chilled from our yeah, point people of view. People were quite happy playing games and it was sort of yeah. three or four games going on. People were, were yeah. you know, having a few beers, catching up with people. Yeah. So it was nice. It was a good Friday. Yeah. 
I mean, we had quite a lot of people. We had um, quite a lot of people who run their own events as well, which is always a bit nerve wracking. Yeah. So um, this one we had uh, Pete Dunn, who does the 30k Frontier stuff, I think. Yep, he was mm-hmm. that. And yeah, those events are spectacularly well received. Now we've never been to one, and we will start plan this year, I think, for our southern event. Is that we're going to do one of those? But you know, he's a, you know, they've done a lot of really cool things. So you have people like that who you're running an event for. It's you know you have to be on your A game, I guess. Um, there was um, Ben from uh, King Fluff Events was there as well. You know, his mm-hmm. events generally well received. Um, I'm not sure if there's anybody else from actually ran their own events i think they probably were but they may have just kept that quiet so yeah so you got that when we had also we had return visits from uh the two of the guys from the sons of yeah jason and johnny joined us yeah and they're really great i really like those guys a lot i've got to be honest and it's always a pleasure to meet up with them um and they're 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 kind of really cool both of them i think and um you know, I know when we were having this kind of, uh, we had a few problems the next day, which we come on to, but I remember sort of speaking to Johnny and just saying, oh, you know, I'm sorry about it. So it looks like, mate, it's great. You know, the event's excellent. You know, don't 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 worry about it as much as you clearly are worrying about it because at least having a good time. And that was really good because, you know, when you have somebody like that who gives you that kind of sort of feedback, yeah. it, it makes you feel actually, okay, I can, that's cool. I can sort of not stress too much about this. I'm concentrating on just getting the event better. So, so that was really good to see them. And we also had um, Gareth and uh, Richie, which is always a pleasure. Uh, um, Sam, Sam Shaw, Mark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark Frost. Oh, yeah, Mark, Mark Frost, yeah. And the, the first time also for John Dermansey, so who we've talked about on the podcast quite a lot because we play him quite a lot because he's in our kind of local circle. And he, again, hadn't played any kind of event. He'd been playing Heresy with us, but he hadn't played an event. event. So then again, he was very worried when I said people had come along that it was going to be a tournament and his arms were going to get smashed off the board and stuff. Um, but he's a great, he's a great player and he seemed to enjoy it. So, so there was lots of different people from the March event and a couple of new people um, yeah. got to meet for the first time, which was really awesome and um, great set of folks. And you just knew there was a, the new year, the moment I sort of stepped into the event that they would be cool. The group of people were really cool. They're really friendly. No, you know, animosity or anything, which is always a worry when you get people together, and particularly in those kind of closed environments. That hey, what if people? People really get angry with each other. Well, how are we going to deal with that? Touch wood, that never happens. But I think when we're talking about a game, they're very red. These aren't the sort of people that's going to be a problem. So. No, absolutely. Yeah. Anything from your point of view, Michael? Been very quiet. Um, no, I think it got. I think Friday night went really, really quite smooth. Um, I think we had. Um, no, I think I think overall it went it went really, really smooth. Um, we had. You know, we from our point of view, we got in, we got set up quite quickly. Um, I mean, the guys helped with the tables, which was like, yeah. you know, they, we weren't yeah. expecting that. And, and a bunch of guys had turned up early and they were like, uh, you know, I warned them, if you turn up early, you might get press ganged into it as a joke. And some turned up and literally were like, right, let's get these tables set up. Of yeah. course, I set them up the wrong way again. But yes, you did. We got them in. We got them in. We got enough tables in there. And, and it's going to be cool. Uh, it was it was quite cool getting it all set up. And yeah, we had, uh, you know, the tables were were all right, I think. Um, but yeah, so Saturday obviously was um, go time. Uh, yeah, go time. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So the breakfast we've had feedback for the breakfast with a lot of people saying the continental style worked. It was great. You know, I mean, it, it did kind of work. You know, people had because we didn't do a cooked cooked breakfast this time. 
because previously in previous events, you know, we do a sausage, you know, sausage sandwich in the morning. Yeah. Um, we will be doing it again for March, but we didn't do it this time because it was a little bit of a cheaper event. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, people seem to like that. There were cereals, fruit, yogurts. Um, yeah. It was pretty tight, wasn't it? I mean, there was, you had toast. You know, it was all good. So, yeah, I think that was that was pretty cool. And then, obviously, from our point of view, that really was showtime. So we'd sort of... So the, the thing we, we need to... Try, the thing to preface this with, me and Graham had dreams and aspirations that we would be able to a run this event b yes play in this event yes that was the, that was the yeah. dream that didn't happen it didn't uh, well. were shattered after very short uh, interaction with reality so um so this is the the, the kind of so we'd spent so much time with this bridge chris and i over the last three months at least i think getting this thing after we after after the March coming, getting this thing absolutely nailed down. So we put some stuff in so we knew that if somebody had played somebody before, it would flag it straight away so we didn't allocate them to that. We Chris had done a load of stuff about the resource allocation to make sure that was all automatic. Um, you know, we'd done the what the next game was going to be, we'd automated all of that stuff. We'd done everything, you know, and we the one thing we'd forgotten about, well, I'd forgotten about, um, was that actually we both need to work on this thing at the same time and see what the other person's doing. And there was absolutely no allocation for that at all. <laughs> so as, as we, <laughs> Sorry, as we're, even now. As, yeah, as we're doing, so for those of you who weren't familiar, and I won't kind of bore you with the details, but suffice to say, the way that the game works is like this. Um, we've, we've split into two sides. So we've got the traitors and we've got the... Um, Loyalists, obviously, and, and what we have is there's a area that they're fighting over. And each one of these areas is a little uh, planetary tile, and that tile's got a resource on it. And so what you do is we split the teams into two teams, obviously, and then we split those teams again into attackers and defenders. Very simply, so one side of that team declares all its attacks and says, "I'm going to attack here, I'm going to attack here, I'm going to attack here, etc., etc." And the other side waits until the our opponents have declared their attackers and then we allocate the defenders so at the end of it what should happen is you should have 16 attackers and defenders uh, which is 32 games which is the number of players that we had 60 32 players or whatever so that was all working really well except the fact that we couldn't i couldn't see what chris was doing and chris couldn't see what i was doing so we didn't know who to allocate who to so some frantic very frantic minutes running, running backwards so and like, forwards yeah, holding my head in my hands, thinking, oh, my God, how are we going to solve this? Anyway, we eventually sat down together. We got it solved, but it took longer than we would have liked. Yeah. It was, yeah, and it's the first game as well, and it's weren't quite it, sure about the process. Yeah, it was um, it was a different problem than we had in March. Yeah. Um, But it was, yeah, it, it, it was just one of the, you know, we'd inferred knowledge, which was the, the cardinal sin, I suppose, when you're doing this yeah. sort of thing is, We'd inferred, <clears throat> we'd both inferred the same knowledge, and therefore had not plugged that particular gap. Yeah. Um. And so, I mean, after, after that, we fixed. Yeah, 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 it, it was. Things were delayed slightly. Um. The advantage that we have for our event is there isn't. Although we have a schedule, um, that we'd like to run to. You know, we're not beholden to the to the venue yeah. opening closing. So if things do run a bit later. You know, yeah. it isn't life and death per se. No, we were about half an hour late or something. Like we, after yeah. we all went to, um, 
which wasn't great for people because obviously people I'm just playing the game. So, but anyway, that half an hour was accumulation of things like doing the briefing and getting the people to understand the strategy phase first. But in terms of the actual delay for getting the games organised, it was about 15 minutes, I think. Anyway, we solved it fairly quickly. We put another um, sheet into our massive spreadsheet of Doom and we could then see what the other person was doing simultaneously on Google Sheets and it was all good from that point on. But we knew then that actually what we're going to do is we're going to get this one game under the, on the road and then Chris and I aren't going to play, which doesn't matter because we both cancel each other out in that regard. And we'll fix this in the sort of in between the game, yeah. which we duly did. So that was cool. Absolutely. But it's just annoying because it's the first game and that always, yeah, and we, you know, yeah. that's and always. So we, we thought we'd solved that problem, you know. Yeah. We just we'd, you know, game one would be fine. But, you know, yeah. they always say that, you know, battle plans always last to the moment of combat, you know, so. Definitely, I think was the case. Yeah. I think we. Yeah. So, yeah. so we did have a lot of feedback in regards to the strategy phase and, and the it's, way it went because I think some people didn't get started their first game till ten thirty, which is an hour later than we had planned. And the suggestion, one of the suggestions we have was make sure you do a trial run. The, the, no, I thought that there is that that is all well and good. There is one slight problem with the with this. Mm-hmm. Insofar as I live at one end of the country, yeah, Graham lives yeah. at the other end of the country, and we don't know thirty-two people to do it with all at once. Yeah, it was it yeah. was a, it was a, it was an oversight to be fair. And what what happened is we 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 didn't have a problem in March because in March we could change the spreadsheet in a certain area. The what the, the version in September we fixed one of the columns, which was the mm-hmm. player names, so that so that we could then make calculation for who's played who a lot simpler. So rather than it being incredibly random and lots of different crazy lookups, it was just fixing one of the one of the variables. Um, so that's why we, we didn't anticipate the fact that actually, you know, we, we got it wrong. But yeah, I'm, I, I totally agree. I mean, it should have taken as long as it did. It would never take as long as that again because that was, you know, we, we now know lesson learned. But um, yeah, I think um, it, it wasn't the best, but I'm not sure it had a... a it didn't have a weekend breaking. Um, ex- you know, I think if it had been bad the second game, then it would have been a really poor experience for everybody. But I think you know it's the first event. We also preempted it to a certain extent by saying that we aren't professional games designers or event runners. So um, you know, give us a little bit of slack here. But um, yeah, I think that you know that was definitely one of the things. The thing is, every time we've had a, you know, every time we've had a problem, we have rectified it pretty much straight away. Yeah. Yeah. And in any aspect, nothing, you know, we don't go, oh, we'll, we'll deal with that after event. We, you know, in this situation, we went, right, well, we know we can't play in the games. Um, so let's just solve this problem so that everyone else can, so from this point on, that situation doesn't occur again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, another suggestion for the strategy phase was uh, do a video of. Yeah. This is, yeah. Uh, we're auditioning at the moment um, for, for <laughs> Tom the. Tom Hanks. I'm, I'm going to see if I can get the lady that does the Games Workshop videos. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, see if we can get yeah. her to do it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to send an email with a you know a begging picture. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Morgan Freeman to do the voiceover. Yeah. But no, I mean this is on the Sunday on the Sunday night. I think we got back to Graham's house. I think I sort of I suggested we needed to come up with a a better way of presenting that at the time. So. Yeah. So I think what we're going to do next year is we'll we'll do the video and we'll put it out way before the event, 
to just put it up so that people can see it and say that this is how the strategy phase is going to work and just run through that presentation, but a video representation of it as well. So anyway, we'll come back onto that, onto the feedback. So that was Saturday. So the first game that happened, obviously we weren't playing at this point, but uh, Dave was playing and I knew that Dave just wanted to make sure that Dave, you know, got off onto the right foot kind of thing. Cause he hasn't played heresy before he's played seventh. Um, and had a really good game uh, with Dave. It was a lot of fun. Uh, his opponent was excellent. I'll just get the guy's name because he was very sort of patient and understanding, um, which is a big deal, I think, um, you know, when, when you're playing somebody who's relatively new. It was um, James Hurst. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. James Hurst was, yeah. was the guy that Dave played. Yeah, he was a really really class player actually and like I say it was it was it was a really good game to be a part of um from my point of view because you know they were both playing really well and both both enjoying it it was very funny in places as well which is always good and you know that's it was a perfect game from that regard so um you know after a bit I could just sit back down again after we'd already fixed the spreadsheet at that point and just double check everything and just let them get on with it so yeah good times yeah excellent excellent um and yeah obviously I live streamed streamed the games as well so uh, I will put links to those in the show notes. So you can if this was, them. you had uh, Mark and Graham, wasn't it? I think. Uh, who did I have? I'm gonna have to go to YouTube now. You oh, had Mark, yeah, you had Mark and Graham. You had Mark uh, Howlett and Graham Campbell on Table 17, which was your yeah. live streaming. Yeah, that that was pretty good. Um, Speaking of YouTube, we do actually have a, a proper channel name for YouTube now. So yeah, and all of our all of our Company of Legends videos are on there. So yes. you know, you want to if you're listening to this and you want to see um, you know, how any of the games that we're going to talk about um, on on Table Seventeen went, yeah, you can certainly check those out. And and you know, if you yeah. want, I had I had yeah, I had Mark Howlett's Iron Hands, which were yeah, absolutely mm. flipping beautiful. I mean, they were. Uh, he used some of that uh, Green Stuff World colour shift paint. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he did. Absolutely fantastic. And obviously, Graham has some very nice Thousand Suns. Yeah. Um, and that was that was really nice to see. So, on the table. Got you. So, um, so that was game one. So we had a, a minor hiccup with game one. Um, we solved it quickly, which was good. Uh, game two. So in game one, that was actually won by the by the traitors. Yeah, I have yes. to mention the slight hiccup between game game one and two with the hot dogs. Oh, there, was a, right. there was a hot dog situation? Yes, yes. there was. I, um, I worked out how many buns we needed. I forgot to double the number. I forgot uh, to double it because we had two buns each. Right. So we only had enough buns for, for half the people. So Lindsay How we had to, people left at the event at this point, I do not know. Yeah, yeah so Lindsay had to zoom <laughs> off to Tesco's and we, and we had to serve them in two sittings. So. Yeah. I think everybody got their hot dog in the end. Both hot dogs in the end, it was, it was fine. Yeah. But, so, but it has to be mentioned that Michael needs his maths double-checking. Okay. We'll, we'll add that we'll to write a spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, the bun spreadsheet. So the next game, so basically the Traitors won that game. So yeah. that was um, a, a slight... So basically that meant the Traitors had advanced successfully. So uh, game two um, was... So game one was the Shatter Strike. Um game uh game two was a uh, blood feud for, with the traitors having the advantage which they duly squandered um <laughs> <laughs> so uh actually wasn't that far off was it so the, the loyalists won 10 and the traitors won six and there was one actual draw um 
but the traitors started to the loyalists certainly started to turn things around at this point we also had another minor hiccup where we printed i gave michael the wrong mission to print um but we had to rectify that one again very quickly on, on the fly uh, to print out a load uh, of, of mission twos i think rather than mission threes but we got there that was the i think from a games op point of view that was the last massive cock up that we did so um but again, yeah <laughs> certainly between games two and three um so that went okay um good games around i didn't get involved in too much games did you play at this point chris yeah i got subbed in because um oh, somebody was we, we have a couple of wound walking wounded events um <laughs> so andy o'reilly yes he had um he had a problem with his back so he um so he couldn't play so to make sure that the numbers were were balanced i took his spot for, for game two yes. which is kind of the advantage of us not playing i suppose yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is there are injuries we can yeah uh, we can plug gaps that's something to, to think about in the future anyway yeah. um so yeah so i got i got roped into this one um for my sins and i got a yeah, game against kit wickens and his yes. alpha legion yes um, um it was a good it was a good game actually uh, my my run of form against alpha legion continued it was a close game nine eight it, yeah it was it, it did come down to the numbers you know we had to Sort of hammer it out a couple of times just to make sure. Got yeah. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, I did just sneak it, and he he had the um, Malkador Infernus. Yeah, that's a bugger. That tank. That is, is a it, yeah. It's not a lot of fun. I'll be honest with you. It, that's um got the large, the super large, it's got a super large template, and it's also torrent. Torrent twelve inches. Yeah. Um, AP two as well, isn't it? Fleshbane. It I think. is. So wounds, Thank God I got more than on one wounds. Yeah, wounds on twos. Um, with an AP tuners, I mean, it really is a properly wrong and when yeah. it comes to that tank, I mean, it's not nice. It's up there with the Der- with the um, Typhon for because obviously most of the time, if that gets close to you, it's just going to kill everything in front of you unless you've yeah. got you know unless a really good yeah or a really good Envon save. But anything else that's in cover or it makes no difference, it's going to get absolutely annihilated. So um, yeah, it's weird that that I don't think it's got any rules, you know, like. You know, in the same way that the um, lightning, if it takes the phosphex bombs, has got like a dangerous cargo rule. So if it takes a hit, there's a chance the whole thing will blow up. You'd think with that volatile a mix of stuff that it's, you know, spewing out, that they would have the same sort of rule or something similar, because it is, it's a really nasty piece of work, that one. Anyway. It was um, a bit, I think this, if I remember correctly, because I, I forgot, I, I, normally when I'm playing games at events, I make notes. Sadly, mm-hmm. I didn't take my notebook with me when I was uh, yes. sort of playing this game because it was all an impromptu thing. So, sure. But from what I recall, I think it basically came down to the fact that one Heteron survived because it was um, pick a unit and for every one of those, or a unit type, and for every one of those, you get a point. So right. the advantage that I have is that I can chomp through units. I don't have a lot of units to lose. So I think I won it on... Uh, units eaten basically right got came it. down to the fact that i hid one hateron that he couldn't kill got you just to make sure he didn't get the point for that wow. um, that particular model but i didn't i didn't have a lot left at the end of the game if i remember yeah, yeah so, it, it, it went down to the wire and it, yeah, it did go down to the go down to the maths for that one got you 
so this was so this was uh, the deployment for this one actually was the um, the quarters with the circle in the middle deployment. I can't remember what it's called. Top of top of my head. Um, uh, Search and destroy is the map. It was uh, on. Um, but yeah, it was a an interesting battle that one. Um, how did Dave do in the second game? So uh, where is he? Let me just track him down. So he, he was played John. Didn't John. He? Yes, that's right. With his, was, with the Bastion yeah. of Doom. It, it was really funny because we were talking to Dave about uh, about this game, and he was, which Michael will attest to, uh, when John's dice don't go John's way, not he gets so depressed, it's unreal. Not you know like angry, just like the sort of inevitability of the fact that he knows he's going to roll a load of ones. It's hilarious, and uh, Dave thought it was very funny as well. So it's a really great game. So it's statistically, it's statistically improbable. The number of ones he run he rolls it is but um yeah when he does start on this roll of ones my word it's poor bloke it's just like i absolutely feel for him but anyway I, I, we oddly enough though i think um i think dave won that one yeah uh, he did. Uh, did he? yeah he did yeah he did so dave was two two for two for nil which is pretty good going for your first yeah, better, better than my average ever is. Yeah, totally. So, um, but um, the overall, the uh, the loyalists were fighting back at this point, and they won ten yeah, to six. That's so, it, because you see, I'd stepped up, I'd inspired them. But you're, you're that's a statement that none of them would agree with at this point. <laughs> Valder on the battlefield. Valder on the battlefield. Yeah. Had turned the tide. So, by the time we got to game three, we'd actually got the hang of things, and we didn't print the wrong mission, and we did, we had all of the strategy phase kind of nailed. People understood the strategy phase a lot better by this point. It was a lot slicker. Um, as it weird enough was exactly the same as what happened in March in that regard. By game three, people have got it off pat. We know what we were doing. We just need to make sure that we get enough info up front going forward that we can do that straight away. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, just quickly, during game two, you played a game. I think it was with game three that I played. No, I, I, I played that game, game three. Oh, okay. So, so yes, yeah. yes. So I actually I did have a game there. So I had a game uh, against Ross. Who had, who had come down um, and he kind of subbed in for somebody. We had a spare table, so I had a, gave him a quick game. So that was against his Emperor's Children. Yeah. Um, and that was a lot of fun, actually. That's a, there are the, the um, He had this, uh, I had like a proto armored breakthrough list that was armor breakthrough and everything but name. And he had a lot of the uh, cacophony, you know, from the Emperor's Children, which I hadn't really come across before. But they're pretty good. You know, they're kind yeah, of all range weapons. Um, they they got quite high strength, so that was really cool. Um, good to, always good to play against somebody you haven't played before, uh, or played against before any any length. So so that was good fun. I think he won it. I'm pretty sure he won it. Um, but it was one of those games where you know he had a few things left, but he still got enough to win the game, sort of thing. Um, I had a couple of bits and bobs kicking around still, but yeah, I think uh, on on balance he deserved a win anyway. So yeah, all good. So. Yeah, so game three for everybody out. So game two, yeah, that was, then we're on to game three, weren't we? So yeah, game three. So game the, three, the evening was, game. Uh, my, my, my game, my game two, just to to let you know. Oh, the game yeah, of course. I, so, I live streamed was um was uh the space walls of Jason Mullins from Sons of Heresy, uh against the um world eaters of um Chris Wildman. Right. Okay. So that was a really good game, and I do highly recommend that people go and watch that. Not just so that we, you know, we get a YouTube view, but because it is actually a really, really good, banterific game. 
Yeah, they're uh, both they're, they're both um, they're, they're both talkers, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. They both they both feel that they feel the dice. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense when they're playing. Yeah, I've played against Jason, and he's one of the best players I've played against. Yeah. Not in terms of you know, he's a good player strategically, but actually fun to play against. He's absolutely brilliant. And Chris, got, I got the impression from like watching him play that he would be a really good player to have a game against as well. Yeah. I've, I've played him on the Sunday. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll I'll talk about that experience. Got yeah, I saw that one. That was a bit yeah. unexpected. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, game game three was uh, onslaught. Um. So by this point, obviously, the traitors are 1-1, one, one, the loyalists are 1-1, one, one, which gave us a sort of draw scenario for game three, or going into game three. Um, so it was all kind of on as even at this point, uh, with it all to play for. Um, unfortunately, for the for the loyalists, sorry, for the, for the traitors, the, the loyalists have really started to turn the screw a little bit now. So they won nine, the traitors won seven. So still, you know, they weren't getting completely annihilated, but, and there was an, another... Uh, actually that game draw didn't happen because that was me and you who weren't playing at this point so 9-7 another traitor victory sorry loyalist victory which um, put them firmly in the driving seat for day two Um, so game that game so what did did Dave get up to and what did um, what was on the live stream Uh, the live stream we had uh, Rich Gentry and his interesting recon company death guard Uh, yeah yeah uh, versus uh, James Hurst and his Imperial Fists. Right, so yeah, James was the one who played against Dave, Dave earlier, wasn't yeah. it? And I played um, uh, Richie last as well on Friday, on Sunday, so. Yeah, okay, and, yeah, and the Richie's game was, um, it was interesting, it was only a short game because it was, uh, it's one of those games that um, there was a bit of a mismatch, really, um, because James's Imperial Fist just ripped ripped apart. Yeah, he had Spartan Typhons. Oh, Typhon, sorry. Um, some, he had a Leviathan. Mm-hmm. I think there was you know there was enough there that would hurt Richie's list. I'm not so I'm not surprised that I'm trying to look at the the score now that you know Richie didn't score any points did he that game. So I'm not I'm not surprised by that. I mean that doesn't happen too often. I don't think. No, it doesn't happen too often. But on the one hand, it, it, it's a contrast because Richie had been doing very, very well up until this point. Yeah. Um, I think the thing with Richie's list, I mean, it was mostly recon marines. You can download them from the site, from our website. I will put um, a link to these lists in the show notes. Um, they're in last month's episode as well. But with Richie's list, it was very much a case of it's either going to do very, very well against you or it's going to do very very badly against you there's no middle ground with that list that i saw no i think um no i think you're, you're pretty much spot on i think it, it's a quite a situational list mm. um it, it needs things for it it needs a couple of things to line up for it but um it's a it's a it's an interesting list i hadn't seen a list like it if that makes sense Especially not for Death Guard. I mean, I could see that for an Alpha Legion or for um, or for um, Raven Guard, but Alpha Legion for, for Death Guard, it's really quite different. You know, it's almost playing, it's almost not working to the get the Death Guard strength. It's just sort of saying, I'm just going to do it anyway, as he put it. You know, he just thought it'd be interesting to do because it's very undeath guardy. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was it was good. It's it nice to see a good mix. Yeah. yeah. 
no definitely it was a, it was a different very different army so so this one was a game three was onslaught yeah um which was which was cool was. um so i played ross uh, at this point totally so yeah so that was um so that was that so that was yeah we had a couple of games there so that was um that game kind of spanned on into the evening as well so there was no hurry it was all very relaxed it was all very cool um say so by that point we, it was all kind of working pretty well at that i guess from our point of view so some good games in there um some some good matchups as well um sort of different um battles across different things we started to see some um some clear uh armies evolve i suppose and to see who was um you know who was doing very well and who was doing uh, not so well which was quite interesting as well uh, just to see uh, where the sort of big hitters were because we had our um uh, notorious list of people that um you know we thought were going to be particularly um not problematic but they were going to be quite strong from their lists but obviously as the games went on it was clear that some of those people weren't actually all that strong and some people who had lists um that weren't on paper as strong were actually you know very very um strong in their sort of gaming so we started to see a few people you know making some big inroads didn't we at this point um so we had to rebalance so we, we overnight we rebalanced the the naughty list one of a better word and uh and put a few people on there and took a couple of people off um which i think people were very pleased about obviously the people getting taken off the list were pleased about it anyway so so yeah um we put i think started to put another couple of uh, balancing effects in but nothing too serious if i remember rightly and also by this point by game four which was so by the end of game three i think the um loyalists actually started to own some of the territories and start to get some of the effects yeah yeah so this is the thing that I've I noticed at March, and I think I you know, certainly noticed here as well as um, being the sort of the the guy doing it in the loyalist camp. The loyalist players think about what they're going to do. They they did it in March, and it was a complete a pretty much different set of players, but they had the same process in March, which was very um, a very tactical sort of view about where they're going to attack, where they're going to defend, things like that. Got yeah. So and again the same. Um, happened here, where sort of your. I'm not saying the traitors didn't, but there was. It, it's just from from my, from my experience of, of of being in that room. There is yes, a lot. Of, there's a lot of strategic play that goes on amongst the loyalist players when we do this. I think it's it's interesting because actually quite a lot of people got into the character of their legion. So for example, we know that Pete was like, well, where's the where's the most glory? Where can I attack that's going to give me the most glory? Because he was an Empress Chicken player, yeah. and you know the world, the world he was players like, where can we go that's going to give us the biggest scrap? You know, where's the where's the really you know tough list? Because I'm going to take him on. So that was really cool. So I think you're right, but I also think in a bizarre sort of way, people's arm oh, people started to kind of role play their legions as well. Yeah. So you may have had you know big strategic thinkers on the loyalist side because the loyalists had some big strategic thinkers in the legions, whereas the um, traitor legions had a more, a less you know certain legions were more strategic than others. But you know the perception is that world eaters, for example, would go and look for a big fight because they love fighting. You know they, they you know want to fight for the gods, whereas the um, you know the, the emperor's children would look to you know excel and to find that glory so that was really cool as well so you're right i'm not sure if it's just because they can't be you know bothered to do no, this thinking i think that actually some of it is maybe around them actually yeah. trying to sort of play their legions 
But yeah, you're right. It's, 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 it's very different. different. Very different um, quirks. I think maybe next year you should get a traitor legion together and I'll play on the loyalist side and we'll see. How dare you? <laughs> Never. Unless it's Night Lords. Ah, uh, see? There's a hope there's hope here yet. Nope. So um game four, <laughs> moving very swiftly on. So that was game three again. And so this is now the loyalists won this one. Yeah. Um, and so they really started to turn the screw. So in terms of the campaign overall, um, the loyalists were two games to one, two rounds to one up. So it was still within striking distance for the um, traitors. You know, if they won the next game, they'd be back onto an even kill, which gave them the opportunity to potentially win the whole thing. But if the loyalists won the next game, then it was always going to be a loyalist victory because even if the traitors won the fifth game, they would still not have got enough victories to actually carry the overall campaign so um we started to have an inkling by the end of game three that actually it was going to be a loyalist victory and it depended very much on how much of a loyalist victory it might be so but like i said by the end of game three it was still in the balance which is probably where you want to be what the worst case scenario from our point of view is if one side's won all three games because that effectively gives them an unassailable lead going into the next day which makes the next day somewhat less relevant, obviously from a people still going to play, but there's nothing, you know, they can't win at this point. They can only just make a, a slightly better loss. So it was still there. It was still to play for, which yeah. was good because the balancing kind of kicks in there. I think that's, I think, that's what we want. And you know, that's what you want yeah. going into and day two. Is it's weirdly not- enough, it's almost exactly the same as what we had in March. Just reverse. Just different sides. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, all to play for. So game four was like Saturday night was cool. It was it was pretty chilled and relaxed actually. It wasn't as noisy as March, that's for sure. Um, people had a few few drinks and a few laughs. Um, I think we asked people to sort of quiet down a bit about eleven or half ten or something because I think I oh know that was Friday actually. So Saturday night people were knackered from the Friday night. Um, so actually I think what we did is um, we kind of chilled, got ourselves something to eat, got a um, Domino's pizza if I remember rightly. Um, had that, and then we went and watched match of the day on the big screen. Yeah, which was, yeah, which was a, oh, yeah. a nice relaxing finish. Yeah. I think on the Friday night, the uh, the classic Camden Legends Cards Against Humanity game had been played in the kitchen. Um, I'm yet to look through my set of cards and see how many are covered in beer or whatever. But yeah, yeah. we was, should get we should get you a replacement set and just have. <laughs> <laughs> and just have that set for Company of Legends because it's, it's, it's a bit it's, knackered, isn't it? It's very popular. I haven't, I haven't opened the boxes. Okay, but um, yeah, I think, and also the thing is, Friday night people were kind of like, yeah, let's get a few drinks inside us. And Saturday night they're like, actually, I've got to get up tomorrow and play some games. So I'm, I don't want to feel like I did on Saturday morning, so I'm just going to take it a bit easier. So that was that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, so good times there. So. Game four Friday, so game four Sunday morning, everybody was up and about. We didn't have anybody, you know. I think um, a couple so, of people said they wanted to leave a bit earlier. Um, um, Sam had had to. Sam had had a, an issue, and he'd he'd gone home. Yeah. That morning, I think. Yeah. So did Andy Riley. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I wasn't sure if that was we were just <laughs> shredding our players, but I think there was genuinely um, you know, some sort of medical things and what have you. So. Fair enough. Luckily, I think that gave us an opportunity for you and I to, um, and Ross also to sort of integrate ourselves back into the games, um, which worked out perfectly. So yeah, we had we had a space originally. We had a, uh, a space was player that was playing as a traitor. Mm. So we twisted his arm and 
asked him to turn loyalist again. Yeah. And it was all, all good from there on in. So you you actually played Chris on the Sunday morning. So you played Chris Wildman. Me and Chris Wildman went for it. Yes. With um, his World Eaters against my custodies in a what can only be described as a punch-up. Um, and this this brought about a moment that even now I wake up with a cold sweat thinking about the time I rolled two double ones. Is that one that's a sequential double ones? So okay. You won't go and talk us through it. So I've, I've, you know, Angron's on the board, having a jolly old time. I'm holding him. I think Valdor's done a fair amount of business by this point. It's just gonna, he's just gonna make this charge to get in, sort of, and have a strong conversation with Angron. He's gonna make it. It's not gonna be a problem. Can't Double be. one. So that doesn't happen. It, the dice have abandoned me. I pick up those same two dice. Yes. The same two dice. Yes. And I'd love to know what the odds of this are. I then roll for my shield captain to make he, he can do it surely to make he can, he can basically hold the same charge at a different he's going for a different unit okay but he's got to make the same sort of charge distance yep double Four. ones what was the charge distance like six inches oh. it, was like, it wasn't anything special it, I wasn't yeah. needing you know magic numbers yeah. I was needing average numbers so I picked up the dice twice and I rolled two double ones in a row I think I've got one of those dice because I think you threw them in the bin. I I've I have one still. I did recover one, but yes, I did. <laughs> I picked them up and I threw them in the bin <laughs> because I, I that that there was no coming back from those dice. So feel free to melt it or do what you want with it. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna deface it with Iron Warrior sigils. My um my the one that I have hasn't gone back in the dice bag. It is it's, it's an being kept separately it's in an case of burns. Yeah, basically in case it spreads, it's evil. Yes, yeah, so you have to contain it. It's like a you know, quarantine. Yeah, exactly. But it was a this was a super fun game. Um, as you said about Chris when you played Jason, he he's I mean he, so he's a uh, a GW uh, store manager in Derby, I think if I remember correctly. Um, and he is. I think, I think he's an assistant store manager. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun playing with him because we, we both sort of feel our armies if that makes sense you know we don't yeah. so, so it was a big charge from him across the board towards me i took a couple of steps back just so i could get the advantage when i charged yeah that sort of thing you know we, we played our armies as we as we should and we did that the entire way through the game up until yeah. i threw two dice away because it was treacherous yeah. dice um, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a super fun game it's you know, certainly one of the I think probably one of my most fun games I've played. Wow. Um, it was because he, yeah, it's 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 nice when you can sort of vibe off somebody when you know if that's. Yeah, I know. What you mean. It, it kind of, yeah, no, I know exactly. Um, and I played a lot of I played a lot of good people playing this. I mean, I'm not saying that I haven't done. I've enjoyed a lot of games playing Heresy, but that one I think will particularly um, sort of stand, stand out. out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ah, cool. And not just because of the dice. No, 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 I get what you mean. Because you're right about, you know, when somebody starts to sort of play in a certain way that, you know, I'm playing to a legion and I'm going to have fun with this and, you know, I'm going to not get upset about the, the dice. Or, you know, if I do it's jokingly, it's not the end of the world kind of thing. And and that kind of, you then start to play the same way. And it, it's, a, it's a really, you know, it becomes a, a much 
more enjoyable experience rather than a sort of a more sort of serious complex complex yeah exactly contemplative game so yeah very cool yeah, yeah. And, on the, and on the live stream i had daniel andrews and his salamanders and i was in he was playing pete dunn's um empress children all right how did that go that was a pretty even even match it was very very good i mean they're, they're, you know they were both they're both really going at it it was quite a lot of fun definitely definitely one of my favorite uh games of uh, i've ever live streamed um, yeah they were they were decent guys you know they were having fun they were just chatting with each other you know and Got you. i mean it was, it was nine eight i believe Oh, no, sorry, six eight. So it was yeah, six eight to Pete in the end. So Pete, so, so um, yeah. One of the one of the one of the very few traitor victories on game four. Well, well you say yeah. few, and it, it was War Allies as well. We should probably say, you know, it was War Allies, which some people yeah. didn't like, but I don't know. We play it a lot, so. Yeah, I mean that's the it's got an element of randomness at the end, isn't it? Because it's you know whatever you roll the dice, you could get minus D three. <clears throat> Um, victory points so yeah you kind of pays your money it takes choice i think actually having it a little bit random at the end gives you an incentive to think well actually i may be two victory points behind here but if this guy rolls a one or a six it could go either way so anyway the overall scores there were uh, another loyalist victory which basically now put the 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 cat really must pigeon because there was no coming back now for the for the traitors they were they were done so, so there was yeah nine seven but the yeah. interesting thing I've, I you know, looking because we sort of collect the stats during these games is that the traitors actually scored more points overall there was a you know the traitors scored one hundred thirty six points collectively yes one hundred eighteen points yes so just so, shows there was actually apart from maybe two or three results there were actually quite a lot of close games. Yeah, I mean, if you think about that, I mean, just take the eight six. I mean, that's not that's not a lot in it. You know, that's no, yeah. that could be that could be a roll of a dice. Nine seven itself also is pretty close. You know, it's not like a convincing win for the loyalists. It was you know two games lost and then they lost the whole thing. So, yeah, I think there was um sort of aspect of that there, but um they were all still pretty close. You know, we weren't yeah. you know, having one team really sort of annihilating the other which was good but in terms of the campaign at this point this now put it beyond redemption from the traitors point of view so we're going to look at a loyalist victory it just depended on how severe a loyalist victory it would be um we'd already discounted the worst case scenario because for the, to get the worst case scenario from the traitors point of view the loyalists have had to have won every single round which they obviously hadn't done because yeah. the traitors won one. So we were looking at either a close traitor victory, which was what would have happened had the, the traitors, sorry, a close loyalist victory, which is what would have happened if the traitors had won the last game, or a significant loyalist victory, which is what would happen if it was. It was quite interesting, sort of sitting there taking the results in because we were sort of the pair of us were sort of every time the result came in, it was who's it for because it was yeah, game four sort of looking at what results we were going to look towards, it was going for that, you know, one more victory for the loyalist here or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Would have completely shifted it, so. It, it would have been, it was a bit like, the best analogy I can give you is it was a bit like being in, in um, kind of football focus on a Saturday afternoon as you're waiting for certain <laughs> scores to come in, you know, from across the various leagues because it was like, oh, come on, that's one more victory and we can pull this back. And it's like, no, it's gone the other way. It's like, no. So um, anyway, come... Um, 
so that that was a, an interesting one so game five we, we didn't have a strategy phase in game five because at this point the battles moved all the way up to the final hive and everybody's basically attacking or defending within this hive so it was like a big mass brawl uh, for this one last resource because that was kind of key to the campaign and um come on so game five we um uh we let people decide sort of where they yeah so a lot of people wanted to have a grudge match and you know, play against their friends and so we said okay let us know beforehand who you want to play and uh, we'll organize that and then anybody else will just organize it for you which is what we did yeah so you know, people had grudges you know old people that have played each other before and have sort of a long running uh feud then you know so it's always yeah. you know, when we say feud we mean sort of a jolly little yeah you know, somebody who thought, actually, I like the look of that army, or I like the look of that player's, what he's doing, it looks really good fun, I want to have a go against him. So there was there was lots of that. So um, I got um, one of the guys that, uh, one of the lists that interested me was, um, um, oh, excuse me, in my throat, was Jack Simpson's Raven Garden Mechanicum combo. Yeah. Which I thought was quite interesting, and I think we made a point about it in the uh, episode before the event. So he said, hey, you know, uh, would you like to have a game? Because, you know, you gave us a shout about the army list and there's a chance to give it a play. So I I um, sort of saddled up and uh, got ready to take on uh, the Raven Guard and the Cursive Mechanicum. So that was good fun from my point of view. Um, another pretty close game. Uh, there was some... Uh, I managed to get rid of... Um, uh, the, oh, goodness me, my, the name escapes me. The Primarch... I can't believe I forgot yeah. his name. Corax. Corax, yeah, he kind of came flying across the board, got shot to death by all of my stuff. Uh, I managed to get rid of quite a lot of his Mechanicum, which made me immensely happy. Um, so, yeah, I kind of was shooting it to death. Um, however, I think the net result of that, all of that uh, action, uh, still meant that I lost the game. So I may have um, actually torn into the army, but um, Jack had played the played the objectives superbly. And I lost because I got a bit carried away shooting things. And actually, that wasn't the purpose of the game. So it was a difficult one to win this mission from a traitor point of view. So this particular mission, we should explain. Um, so this was a suicide mission, which is from the uh, book six Shadow Wars missions. Um, and it's a bit. We'd have to think this one through, I think, a bit more because it's really, really difficult for one side to win this. So the the net result of this is you need to, if you're the traitors, you need to get your scoring units into the opponent's deployment zone. And every round they're in the deployment zone, you've got a victory point for. And the def- the defenders, which in this case was the um, loyalists, all, they got two victory points for every unit they destroyed. So it's obviously quite a lot easier to destroy units than it is to actually get units from one place to another and get them to camp in a deployment zone. So I think we need to rethink about that mission actually going forward, because actually what it should have probably been is the other way round or the score values to be different, because it's it's quite a hard one to, to win if you're on the wrong side of that one. And that was duly shown because this was the first game that we had where it was really a convincing win for the loyalists. So they won 13 games to three. So they were already winning, obviously, but they absolutely annihilated the traitors. Now, there was a, a narrative reason for this, because obviously the traitors have been losing so that their forces would have been weakened. They would be looking to escape. They wouldn't be, you know, a full chain of command would probably be broken down because they'd lost everything. 
Um, so it would have kind of made sense narratively to do it this way, but I think the mission is just too hard for one side to actually. Yeah, I think I think we just need to take a sort of a rebalancing step to this one. Um, yeah. and I think we both, you know, I think we both sort of realised that after the event. Yeah, I don't think either we swap it, swap it around so that you get one point for destroying a unit and two points for being in the deployment zone. But then if you've got a drop pod army, for example, you can win quite easily because you just can put them in there from turn one. Uh, or we just change it to one each. So you get one victory point for being in the deployment zone yeah. per round and you get one victory point for actually destroying a unit. So, um, yeah, a bit of rebalancing is needed there, I yeah. think. Yeah, that's that we can do. Yeah. So... But anyway, I had a cracking game, a really, really awesome game against Jack. He's a great player and a, re- a great deal of fun. And we had some real laughs. Uh, you know, there were times when my army was really shooting the bejesus out of him, bless him. And, um, you know, he took it really well. And there were times when my army was getting, you know, pretty much mullered by his army as well. And it was just like a really good fun game, that kind of thing. You know, so... Yeah, that's what you want. You want that swings and balance, uh, yeah, swings and... Um, yeah. Roundabout sort of thing, don't you? You want it to seesaw kind of... Yeah, I mean, I kind of played it to a certain extent because I could have just sat behind my defence line and shot him, which would have been very boring. So yeah. I decided that actually my army was, the whole purpose here was to try and escape. So they would drive up, drive, drive all my tanks and all my armour out of that deployment zone to try and get up the board. Obviously, that put me closer to his units that could charge me and stuff like that. You know, and there were some dreadnoughts and things that were causing me quite a lot of damage. But ultimately, I think I got two units possibly one unit into the two units and about three units into deployment zone but only for one round and that was the last round so that gave me three victory points whereas i think he yeah. killed you know four units at, at least four units so um i've took the paid the price but it was a great game i really enjoyed it so what about you did you play that you played the last one so i played yeah i played richie in the last game because um i thought it, his list looked quite fun to play against that makes it, it was an interesting list yeah and He's so a good, good player as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, you guys have always spoken quite highly of him playing, so I thought it was quite a nice sort of a fun game. Um, it was a, like I say, I mean, I don't have a lot of shooting in my army. Um, and I think because Richie has a lot of dreadnoughts, so they got across the board. But once I sort of got involved with melter bombs, things like that, there wasn't, you know, I lost like, two or three guys at a time. But I, you know, when you're killing three dreadnoughts, it, you know, in, in their place, it kind of yeah, it yeah. worked to my advantage. Yeah, his, his, yeah, exactly. And his his recon marines that were coming in, um, his two squads turned up, and I just sent a couple of squads back to deal with them. Got you. And, you know, ten marines against five, six custodes. You know, that's that's not a fair trade off. No, and these are 10 recoveries as well, aren't they? Yeah, so they're not exactly close combat specialists. No, so, um, the only thing that I thought was quite funny was that basically Valdor ran around the battlefield and did nothing. <laughs> it was all done by everyone else. Got him it. and his Heterons just, you know, it came to that the last turn. He went for a charge. He once again failed his charge roll. Everyone else did things, and he just stood there going, well, I don't know why I bothered, frankly. You're sort of um, turning up and sort of yeah. sharing people on. So after you know after the game before where he'd done where he'd sort of you know, tripped over his own shoelaces and then died, um, you know a, a strong word has been had with that model since he returned <laughs> back to back to home because I think yeah. you know, he's got to, he's too he's got too cocky for his own for his own good. Do you think this is because you you didn't you know give the right supplications 
in your you know three week fast and vigil I don't in think your shrine. So. I don't think I've done anything differently to what I've done in the past. Um, I maybe will... it's just not enough now. Maybe he demands yeah. more. Maybe he. Don't. I mean, I'll certainly be taking the the picture with me on holiday <laughs> just to make sure that that connection still stays strong. Um, <laughs> that's that's the thing. Hopefully, my girlfriend won't be too freaked out by that when I well, put a photo of uh, yeah. model on the bedside that... table. But you know, these so are the things you've got to do because you know. Yeah. Now I, I'm mid-season basically at this point, so I need totally. to get... You know, that self-flagellation she probably might, you know, be be not too happy about when you get your cat a nine tails out and, you know, exactly. But it's going to win me games. I've got to do it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's just one of those. It's just like it's it's a it's a weird thing. So I've got this cat, you know. I suppose other people with Primarchs and things must feel it. You know, you've got this character that everyone thinks is a killing machine, and basically in two, in actually three games, if I include the game I played against Russ, where he did very little as well, um, he he doesn't yeah, he didn't really do a lot for me at the weekend. Yeah, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? People kind of moan about him, but actually. The shield captain's probably equally as efficient. Yeah, I mean, that kind of thing. It was when playing Chris on game four, when a small crowd had gathered at the end of the game, Valdor went down. And honestly, I thought that, you know, their football team had won the league. (laughs) The cheer that went up. And there's me just going, but he's not really all that. He has got got a bad rep. He does have the, but. Who doesn't in golden armor? Um, but yeah, this is the thing. But it was just, yeah, Valdor running around the battlefield going, I'm going to attack. Oh, they're dead. I'm going to go. Oh, no, they're dead. And it was just, oh, yeah. just didn't didn't happen for him. But but Richard, yeah, it was a good fun game against Richard because he had yeah, five, six, I'm trying to think now in my head, five, six dreadnoughts. Yeah. Sort of that got up close and personal. Like I said, but he just didn't have the volume of attacks. And because I'm that bit higher weapon skill, because yeah. um, he's because yeah. even with normal contemptors, their weapon skill five. So he was, you know, normally he'd be hitting on threes. Against me, he's on fours. So it does make a bit of a difference. And you know, even though he can double me out with the dreadnoughts. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just he just didn't have the volume of attacks as opposed to the volume of melter bombs that I could, you know, six melter bombs to a to a guy. So that's gonna do it every time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. So yeah, good. so it was good. I think people enjoyed the last game. Uh, yeah, and we had, um, uh, I think it was Mar- uh, Iron Hands again on the. Yeah, last yeah, table. we have we have Mark back on the, on the ice cream table along with uh, Matthew Carroll and his Iron Warriors. Yeah, Iron against Iron. Yep. Nice, and an Iron Hands victory, so even better. <laughs> Yeah, that was um, that was a that was a very nice looking uh, Iron Warriors army as well, wasn't it? If I remember rightly. Yes, it was. It was, and it got um, it was uh, it was a good it was a good looking Iron Warriors army. I, I, I definitely, you know, I specifically it was sorted out to go on the board. Yeah. You know, for yeah. live streaming, it was, it was it was good. It was a nice looking army. It was very different for Iron Warriors because it was quite clean. Yeah, it was. It was. It was very precise. Um, it looked great. I thought. Honestly, so. Anyway, so that was that. So that was all the games yeah, done. That was all um, the games. So we quickly totted the scores up. Uh, we got all the stuff in from the sportsman and from the um, 
what we thought, you know, were the different prizes, which was around sort of best sporting person from, and also who we think encapsulated the spirit of the event from the way their army was done, how they played their games, what sort of character they were, uh, for the both for the traitors and for the loyalists, didn't we? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if we sort of make a, a judgment call. Yeah. You know, it's not. You know, we're not saying that other people will. You know, it's a it's a difficult one when we're making that sort of choice. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, we if, you know, we could easily give everyone the at, at the event. Yeah, and the same awards. To be fair, we, we, we yeah, I think it was just a you got a nice little little medal, you know, yeah, in terms yeah. of rewards. I know it's, it's not a, so. Yeah, so it's not like a weekend in you know Marbella or anything that we're giving away here. But um, I think yeah. if, who who got them? Must if I remember rightly, um, Chris got from uh, the sort of most yeah. traitory traitor, wasn't it? Chris Wildman. Yeah, Chris Wildman got uh, uh, traitors. Jack Simpson uh, got the lowest one. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, Mark Howlett got something. Was he most sporting? Can't remember. Might have been painted or something like that. We'll, we'll dig them out anyway, and we'll put them on the on the on the um, page when we push this out there. But so all I think all, it was Simon Kennedy who got the best painted with his um with his Alpha Legion. Right. Gotcha. All right. Cool. So that was that. That was Columbia Legends finally over for this year. So I'll, we won't be going back to uh, K versus Minor um, or Major. Uh, we've we've done that twice now. Not doing it again. Um, so all in all, destroyed yeah, that. I think in terms of this particular event, I think it was it was fairly successful. I'm still a bit annoyed at myself for the game one because you know it's kind of important. Um, the feedback we've had so far has been fairly positive. I think on the whole. Yeah, I, I don't think anything, anything that we didn't sort of think ourselves or haven't anticipated um, on the whole, which is quite I think that's always encouraging. Um, if we're you know spotting the mistakes as well, yeah. so, so, you know there have been some really good um, ideas thrown forward. So that's. I mean, definitely. I think that there was um. So this is the sort of list of things that we've got, we've collated so far from the feedback. So uh, and stuff that we've kind of thought. So one of the things that was also pointed out was it would be good to have a little marker that was uh, unique to your legion or your army. So you could see on the map where your army had been and where it was. So we're going to try and sort something along those lines out, whether that's like a little, just a little counter with your Legion sigil on it, or whether we go, what we thought about doing previously, which was to get some uh, epic Marines and maybe paint them um, very basically. So you can see where your army is on the map and change the map. So that's something we're going to look at. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we had was um, actually creating a bigger map because at the moment, the, the, um, the planetary empire tiles are fine, but, you can't they're quite small when you've got 16 people wanting to put little markers on them so we thought about maybe making an a3 size map for both teams which which would be a blown up version of that so people could have their stuff there and see where their armies are um video the strategy phase i think was the other feedback that we've got which we will do um to make that quite clear and get that out there earlier yeah if we do it again um also about putting the actual strategy phase effects in the folders that we give people so that they can look them up without having to keep looking up, looking them up uh, on asking us what the effect of like the shield generators are and stuff like that. So people know more, a bit more about it. And finally, the one I have here is that we should have pot noodles in the tuck shop. Um, so we'll see how that goes. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that should be doable. Yeah, I think so. I think people um, just something that's um, not sweet, you know, that's, that's fairly easy to make. Uh, we could definitely um, put them in there. So that's the sort of feedback we've I've got so far. I'll look through the stuff. Is there anything else to add? Uh, no, I think most of the feedback we've got has been um, pretty pretty decent. I think that, um, there was uh, some concern over the line of sight blocking terrain on some of the tables. Um, I think the problem for the, the t- a lot of it refers to the table, the, the terrain we borrow from the club. Um, the problem with the, the problem is though, I think that what was line of sight blocking ter- ter- terrain, you know, a few years ago is no longer line of sight blocking terrain today. You know, when you've got knights and stuff running around. Yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty solid point actually, because you think you know the, the scale of our, of the game. Has you know sort of doubled. I mean, was it two years ago, year and a half ago? Leviathans weren't even a thing. Um, you know, and they're that sort of ten percent bigger than a contemptor. Yeah, you know. now, there's a, there's a few little things like that. So, you know, I think what what I would suggest, what I was going to suggest was we're going to do some, um, we're going to write specific rules for each table because we've got a photo because the the Durham Raiders terrain is set per. You know, it's a set box for a table. So we know what's going to be on a table. So we're going to write, well, uh, what I've been doing and, uh, you know, I shared it with you guys the other day was trying to write specific fluff about around each table. And then maybe we can put in some rules to match that to try and balance some, you know, the, the where there's issues out, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think it's it's it's, it's certainly an aspiration. Um my only concern, I suppose, is that, and this is always my concern with these things, is that if they have a different kind of rule for each table, it becomes sometimes it can become more of a burden than than it needs to be. So I think we just need to make sure we're cool with that. But I think, in terms of conceptually, I think that if we can get to a point where each table has its own theme because it's related to the narrative. So, for example, you know, it's this city or it's that um, shield generator or it's this, that, and the other. That would be very, very cool. I think yeah, if we can represent the the big the big scale on the smaller scale, if that makes sense. So, represent the the area on the battlefield. That's the thing because sometimes I think you know we say people are fighting for a shield generator and they could be fighting in a wood somewhere. Then that's the that's the thing we need to. Yeah, I mean it's 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 tricky to do. I think it rolls quite a lot of effort, but um, I think it would be a very cool thing if we could pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think all in all, it's been fairly, it's been fairly um, positive. I think. Anything, all the feedback that we have had is generally. Been, no one said don't bother, so that's good. Yeah, and I think most of the people have said they enjoyed themselves, which is really all it's about, to be honest with you. So you know, that's good news from our point of view. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of points which are way, way, way beyond our control. Like you know, someone mentioned the beds are not the comfiest. Um, you know. There's not much we can do about that. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's we can only do so much. I mean, it's a fairly cheap event, so. But you know, some people said, you know what? I'm quite happy to go and sit and play for a hotel. I still want to come to the event, but I'll just stay. So that's perfectly cool. Um, you know, good on you. So, no problem with that at all. Um, yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's some improvements we want to make. I mean, uh, someone suggested you should put ear pl- earplugs you know, on the list of stuff to bring. And it's like, well, actually, 
a big pack of earplugs isn't that expensive we can probably just get them and shove them in your pack yeah yeah that's you know uh, the thing is you know we're always looking to make improvements anyway um you know we i don't think any of us have you know come away from the event being completely satisfied you know we know that there are bits that we you know that yeah. we want to make better we haven't yet run what I would consider the perfect heresy event. Yeah, no, we've got, you know, so the confines of what we have. I mean, people also say things like actually the narrative that we did, we kind of shied away from it a bit. And I think I got a bit, I'm not self-conscious, but I thought, you know, people were listening to this because we, what we were doing is we were playing the audio for people to listen to, but that audio did go on for quite some time in some places, you know, we'd written quite a lot of narrative because it's quite difficult to do, you know, to actually a self-contained story that's generic enough for each of those missions. So there was quite a lot of explanation involved in and some of the stories. You're trying to test like a, a good story over five parts, basically. Yeah, and five random parts at that. We've got some ideas. So. Yeah, we'll, 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 see what, we'll see what comes of it. We'll see what comes of it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I think conceptually, I would still want to do the branching narratives. I think that works, and I would probably still want to do this the strategy phase stuff. Uh, yeah, I think people, uh, it's a, it, it, it's a marmite thing. Some people like it, some people hate it. I think generally more people like it than hate it, and I think it's a thing that's different from other events. Yeah. 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 Um. So I. You know, I personally, I think, you know, yeah. I think we sort of, you know, I, th- I think we sort of stick with it because I think it's a, it's a good system. You know, we're always going to, we can always improve. Yeah. Um, and we both, you know, all three of us know that. So just to keep improving and, and, you know, go from there. In March, you know, come six months time when we go, uh, go again, <laughs> we'll be, you know, a step better than we were this time. And then September will be a step better than we were in March. And, and that's all yeah. it's going to be really. Totally. Definitely. All right. So all, all right. in all, in terms of a year summing up of confidence, it's, it's I think this year was better than last year, which is really all we can ask for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so shall we move on to um, our list for blood and gore? Yeah. Oh blimey. Okay. Yeah. Cracky. <laughs> So as we have alluded to earlier in the episode, uh, we are a mere two or so weeks away from Blood and Glory, which is the uh, Imperial Truth event that is at Derby. Um, now we went to this last year, and it was a, it was a great deal of fun. Um, the venue was really cool. The hotel that we stayed at was really nice. Um, we had a cracking weekend. Um, it's pretty handy for both parties because it's kind of in the middle. So I think it's a couple of two and a half hours from here. I think it's a, about three and a it's bit about, hours. Yeah, about three, three and a half hours from me. Yeah. So, so for, for, you know, it ticks a lot of boxes from us. The venue was really good. The event was really good. There was a great atmosphere there. Um, there was lots of different other games going on. So that was always interesting. So we, we recommended this event and we're, we're going to go again this year. It's It's expanded again. So the Heresy event, I think, last year was about 25, 30 people, maybe? Yeah, about that. I think this year it's 60, up to 60, is it? So, yes, I think, that, well, I think it started at 50, and then they've basically just expanded. Yeah, so um, there's going to be a lot of people there. So 
how that's working, I don't know, but um, we'll shall see. But anyway, the long and short is that we, we're going to it. We're looking forward to it. We really enjoyed it last year and we recommended it. Um, and we're hoping it's going to be as good this year. So with that in mind, this is always a difficult one because, again, there is a difference in the sort of relative power levels, for want of a better word, between some events. Some of them have a stronger kind of um level than others and the imperial truth ones for some reason the london heresy and um blood and glory are, are quite a bit higher than most i think would that be fair to say they're fairly tough there are some people that they're bringing all the all the they're bringing guns to gunfights basically yeah there's, yeah there's a lot of lists that haven't got a lot of fat on them let's put it that way um and I'm one of them, just to point that out before. Yeah, I mean, you you're, know, you're, full, you're, full. you're basically the supermodel of this, aren't you? <laughs> the waif. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, thin mint. Yes. So um, anyway, so, so I've decided, and after much sort of uh, morale, not morale, um, sort of moralising about the various lists that I have and the various armies that I can put together, um, decided that I was going to bite the bullet and uh, actually if I'm honest with you I was kind of inspired a bit by Chris here because Chris has held the torch high for custodies even though everybody else really hates playing against custodies uh, Chris has carried on regardless looked people in the eye and said you know what I can play custodies and still lose nearly every game Absolutely. so <laughs> so um so I've thought actually you know what, if, if Chris can sit there and, and take that I can certainly roll out an armored breakthrough and take the the slings and arrows. Stomp everybody. No, I think it's more about the fact that I hate the idea that people are just going to roll their eyes at me as soon as they see this list. So I have done an armour breakthrough, I won't lie, but as armour breakthroughs go, I don't think it's as bad as it could have been, given what I could have put in here. Okay? So what I've got in my army is I've got the singular Master of Armour, which is a Sikaran, normal Sikaran with um, armoured ceramite. And obviously the Master of Armour upgrade, which gives him Blissed Skill 5. Uh, it's got Las Cannons on the side Swansons and, of course, a Dozer Blade because I rolled a lot of ones. And then I've, what I've done with this army is I wanted it to have a sort of Talarn theme. So uh, there's no infantry in it whatsoever. It's all uh, vehicles. But I've put some Dreadnoughts in. I don't usually play with Dreadnoughts in my own warriors, but I put some in. I've got them in the cupboard. I thought, actually, yeah, let's give them a roll. So I've got a Contemptor Dreadnought with the Kerasauta Cannon and a Chain Fist, or sorry, a, a Power Fist. Um, I've got a Contemptor Mortis Dreadnought, so a bit of anti-aircraft, with two Keras Assault Cannons. That's a pretty good unit, that one, actually, because the volume of fire, again, does come in handy. Uh, and then I've got two Sikarans of the other two Elite Slots, all, both identical, both with Las Cannon Sponsons, both with um, Dozer Blades, but not without arm. They haven't got Armour Ceramite. And then my troops is uh, fairly straightforward because it's basically four predators with predator cannons and heavy bolters and dozer blades. And one of them's got predator cannon and las cannon. So that's five scoring units, basically, which is which is a good number um, from my point of view. Uh, and then I've put in a uh, fast attack choice, which is my uh, lightning strike fighter and normally people load these up with uh, crack and penetrate missiles but nah so what i've done is i've gone slightly different on this and uh, I've, I've put it three auto cannons on there and given him the the tank hunter rule so that battle servitor control so these kind of my uh, what it was a actual kind of attack fighter to shoot down other flyers 
um, rather than a anti-tank thing that's going to go around and just wreck people's days. Um, and then I've got, so continuing on to my heavy support section. So I've got Madeira Deo. Uh, I like Madeira Deo in my world because I'm so I'm going to use my one that I've got for my Iron Iron Warriors as well, Las Cannons and the missile launchers. So he's a pretty useful unit again. Very useful for anti-aircraft if I need him to be, but also those strength 10 cannons are pretty good at cracking um, through Spartans because that's going to be the main threat for me. Yeah. Um, I've then gone for you that I never use and um, will probably use about twice, which is a Leviathan because of my rule about the fact that Leviathans are as expensive as night gallants. Um, he's pretty handy in close combat, so I've given him just the close combat weapons. So one's a siege drill and one's a siege claw. And I've given him um, armoured ceramite. So, you know, he can't be melted under. But I haven't given him the phosphorex discharger thing, which is actually pretty nasty, but I didn't want to put any phosphorex in his army at all. So I haven't done that. Um, he's got a um, melter gun built into his fist, I think. And volkite calibers in his chest. So he's... Yeah, it's pretty handy, but people have to come to him. He's not going to be walking anywhere anytime soon. And then I've got a uh, two Vindicators um, with the uh, Las Cannon. So these are kind of, again, my kind of main anti-tank unit. Um, the Laser Destroyer arrays are really good because of the AP-1. So if you can get through the armour and you can get yeah. a penetrating hit, you know, you've got a third of, you know, one in three chance of actually blowing the thing up, which is always good, rather than just taking off the whole point or making it stunned or something, which isn't anywhere near as cool. Um, and then finally, uh, for my kind of Lord of War choice, now initially I did have in this a um, Malkador, because the Malkador was fairly rubbish as Lords of War go, and it was about 340 odd points, which fitted quite nicely, but turns out as somebody pointed out uh, you can't have a malkador as a heavy support choice you can only have it as a sorry you can't have a malkador as a lord of war choice you can only have it as a heavy support choice so yes the Mal the, um, the malkador had to go um so i thought oh, crikey i don't want to start changing my entire list because i've already submitted it and that would be a bit wrong because then i wouldn't be able to do it objectively without knowing what everybody else's list is about so the closest thing i could find in terms of points that i've got in the cupboard was a knight gallant so uh, i've basically got the knight gallant instead from as my heavy as my lord of war choice but i have given him the sky not the sky spear rockets the um what are they the storm spear rockets so that's the strength eight ap3 ones oh, yeah so all in all, it's it's you know it's it's got I've got a lot of shooting, I've got an awful lot of armor, and if we get too close, I've got the dreadnoughts to kind of give at least some protection. But there's lots of vulnerabilities with this armor. Um, yeah. the, you know, deep strike. Get too close, also you have a knight Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's he's a, a deterrent for sure, but I mean, um, yeah, I haven't got anything to do. Um, you know augury scanner style intercepting so people can deep strike quite nearby and, and cause all manner of trouble and um, blowing up predators isn't as difficult as blowing up you know spartans let's say so you know if you get hit start shooting them in the sides or the back they're going to just crumble um so yeah it'd be interesting how it does because i imagine it's going to go up against some of the more uh, stronger lists in um blood and glory because it is quite a strong list if i'm completely truthful so that's me Nice. So I've gone. I'd, I'd like to try and run you know, modifications on my lists 
different events. So I've done something I've never done before, and that is count out any ranged <laughs> shooting of any sort of type, really. Um, this is the oh, this is the ultimate ultimate punch custodians list that I've that I can assemble. I'm sure there are tougher ones out there. This oh, is yeah. just the, the toughest one that I can uh, assemble at the moment without being also without being sort of air quotes that guy. Yeah, so no sort of so, like um, re-rolling in ones or anything. No, uh, don't get that anymore. Yeah, in the army anyway. So that's okay. but there is one sort of slight possible variation on that but anyway um so valdor because as everybody who listens to this show knows he is always first on my team sheet he always will be first on my team sheet even though he is weak at uh comedy of legends um as so did you, legends, haven't, I've taken, you, haven't, you haven't dropped him from the squad yet you haven't, you haven't put him out for no, january transfer window he's, he's basically uh, he's you know undroppable is is my my, my view on that man Fair Unless enough. I'm playing a you know a very small scale game, yeah, uh, um, I'll I'll always take him, Got it, yeah. just because I think I think he's awesome. And why would you know, true? So I don't understand why you wouldn't always take a Primark. I just think they're the coolest. I think they're the whole. They're, they're, they're always the thing that attracted me most to Heresy. Okay. I think before I was playing it, it was the idea of running around with Primarchs. Um, so now I have a slightly toned down version of him. Um, so yeah, so Valdor, um, two shield captains uh, with array strikes, digital arms, paragon spears, teleportation transponders. So no paragon shields. I uh, know. Um, I've got my head cool now. Words have escaped me. Um, the shields anyway. So no, they've only got a four plus in mind. will save. Got yeah. Uh, those two chaps. Uh, uh, five Heterons, which normally I run four, but for this I wanted to sort of bulk them out a bit. Um, so these guys, again, are race strikes. Uh, these guys have got Presidium Shields. That's what they're called. Um, so they have a four plus and save. Uh, they have got Teleportation Transponders. Um, power Black Outer Bombs. And so they'll be... Yeah, but they're... Yeah, again, they're sort of auto-includes now. Just because I run them thematically with Valdor as sort of his, his entourage. Um, I've gone for three squads of Guardian Spears, uh, uh, two squads of which, actually, no, I remember correctly, all three. Yes, yeah, so three six man squads, um, all with basic spears, melt bombs, teleportation transponders. Now, one of those squads I'm not paying the points for. The teleportation transponders because I've got Valdor. So two of the squads are 402 points. One of the squads is 372 points. And then, yeah, exactly. It, it makes sense to do it on the more costly units <clears throat> um, rather than sort of, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't got to use it on the squad that he's with. So um, I can save myself five points basically by using it on them as opposed to the Heterons. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've gone for the Galatus, which I'm desperately trying to assemble. And then I've gone for uh, a Telemon with two fists. Nice. So basically it's going to be get across the board and loop. But the thing, the interesting, because obviously since the FAQs come out and Presidium Shields have changed, 
the Contempt of Galatus has a Presidium shield. Yeah. It just has a Dreadnought-sized Presidium shield. Now, ah. I've asked about this. Greg's having to think about it. I know he he, he sent the email to me that he was inclined to keep it having the old-style rules, where the re-rollable invulnerable save, mm-hmm. as opposed to having what would now be a 4-plus invulnerable save. Might yeah, it's it's, just, it's it's a weird one because obviously it, it specifies and it doesn't specify as being the same more gear, but in the item description for it on the Galatus page, it says it's a scaled up version of, and it does fundamentally the same role as the old one used to. It just is a shield for what for the the arc basically. So that's yeah, but no, that's that's the take. It's it's pretty much the opposite. Graham's list, um, insofar as it's it's all getting in your face and punching. Right, cool. Yeah, it's it's certainly different. I mean, I suppose. So, yeah, you're gonna. It's a. I guess it's a mere question of um, how you're gonna get that army across there without getting shot to death by armies like mine. I suppose. I suppose I'm gonna be relying on the fact that the Galatus and the Telemon can take a lot of firepower. I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to hide them a lot turn one, just so turn two, I can start deep striking everything in. Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. So I'm hoping that no one has um, Aubrey scanners. Yeah. Oh, I, I wouldn't count on that. Yeah, I think everyone's got Aubrey scanners. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, they have these days. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. So obviously my list is a little bit different because I'm playing in the Centurion event as opposed to the main event because I'm helping Greg uh, run the main event. Um, so I'm taking Death Guard, which I'm furiously painting. I've just started on a, another squad while we've been. No, this is just, just quick. We haven't, Graham. You haven't heard this list. This is the first time we're. Yeah, this is. I've not heard this. this so. I haven't. No, no, I'm sure I've shared. Let's see what. You might have brutality, Michael is going to unleash upon the, yeah, the unwitting. Be, okay, so I'm taking a, a reasonably. Reasonably tooled up Praetor. Um, he's in uh, Catapratchi armor. Uh, he's got digital lasers um, and a mastercrafted power side. Yeah. Um, he's got a Volkite charger and rag grenades. Um, then uh, in the elites, I've got a single Terminator squad. Uh, this is a thousand points, by the way. Uh, it's a thousand points of. Uh, um, yeah, I was going to say. Uh, sorry, Terminator squad. You must already be about 750. Uh, Terminator squad, five Terminators in there. Um, rag grenades on the sergeant and a um, power scythe on him as well. Um, all in Cataprachi armor uh, and a chain fist and a Reaper auto cannon in the squad. All the other Terminators have power fists. Um, troops, I've got three troop choices, and this is every and this is the remainder of the army. I've got a heavy support squad because I'm taking the reaping as my right of war, so it's me take heavy support squad as a troop choice. Um, and this is a six-man heavy flamer squad with chem munitions, which gives it shred. Uh, also makes them get hot. Nice. But, um, yeah, they get shred. Um, and uh, ra- artificer armor and rag raid on the sergeant in case they have to uh, get charging. Um, the Then two more or less identical tactical squads. The only difference is the... Um, close combat weapon that the um, sergeant is armed with. So they're both 10 men. Um, they've got um, a, the additional combat weapon, because never leave home without it. Um, they have got a Vexelia um, for that uh, you know, morale 
in case I need it. Well, I, I got a feeling I might need it. Um, the sergeant has artificer armor, um, melter bombs, uh, rag grenades, and one squad, he's got a power scythe, and then the other squad, he's got a lightning claw. And that's it. Cool. A thousand points doesn't go far, does it? No, a thousand points doesn't go very far, does it? <laughs> Wowzers. Okay, cool. I mean, that's a that's a that's a good list. I think um, I think the only thing you might struggle with is mobility. Um, but I think you bear in mind that nobody else can take tanks anyway, so transports are pretty much out anyway. Everybody's going to be in the same boat. I do think that that um, um, heavy support squad with the heavy flamers is going to be pretty lethal. Well, the hope is that they are. Yeah, I mean, that's what, five heavy flamers and they're shreds, so they're re-rolling wounds, yeah? Yeah, six heavy flamers. <laughs> oh, sorry, six, wow. Yeah, that's going to absolutely ruin somebody's day. But then you can't overwatch with them, can you, because you're in cataphracti? No, no, they're just in ta- they're just a tactical squad, just a heavy support squad. Oh, yes, of course, that's sorry, my bad. Yeah, so even better. All yeah, death. Get, but absolutely. they do get hot. I guess so. so. You'd have to roll each one individually, won't you? And then to see how many wounds it does. Yeah, you roll you roll a dice to see if it uh, gets hot. If, if it doesn't get hot, yeah, it doesn't work. If it does get hot, if it doesn't get hot, you put the template out. If it does get hot, you don't put the template out and take an armor save. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Cool. I think that's a that's a crack in you in that one. A lot of fun. So that that that's the list I'm taking. Hopefully, it'll be fun. And it caught and it's the co- and it's my tr- core of my troop choices for um. Well, my infantry choices for the uh, Scott Sterling event as well. Right. Okay. So, two so this will be your this will be your, your first out. Sorry. Thing with Death Guard. Yes, first outing. It's your Death first outing with the Death Guard. Yeah. yeah so. Yes. Nice. Nice. Very so, cool. Uh, I've got the tactical the, the heavy support squad are on the uh, painting table at the minute, and uh-huh. the um the second tactical squad are in the um uh, are in the box primed and waiting to go. Uh, the only thing I'm adding. Tr- Infantry-wise, for the clearances of Duranium, the Scottish event is um, uh, four Death Shroud. So the rest of it is vehicles. Got you. Cool. Well, I thought some interesting stuff. Well, that should be. Yeah. I mean, looking at the other list in in the in the sort of contention there. I mean, there are some strong ones in there, Um, but they're not all you know super hard. I mean, there's quite a lot of them that are. Sort of normal level heresy things that I would expect to see, so should be good. I think um, it'll be interesting to see what, what sort of matchups we get. I mean, some of them do look terrifying, but everybody else's list always looks terrifying, so you know, that's all good. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I think there's a couple that I'd like to play because I'd like to, you know, I like to play different um, sort of styles of, of armies, so there's sort of word bearers I'd like to sort of. Yeah, because um, it's, it's, it's demons. Like some people have actually got some sort of chaos demons going to go as well. I know it's yeah. in the traits in this. Yeah, so I think character-wise, you know, there there are things that I need to be sort of hoping to hoping to fight. It's interesting, really, because I mean, yeah, it's going to be it's, it's going to be a good event. One of the sort of things is whether you, you know, do you in terms of the lists that you can have, you can have three options really. You can have a all close combat arm. An all shooty army or a combination of the two, and I yeah. think if you have all of one, that can actually sometimes be advantageous because you're really good at that one thing. As long as you can get your army to do the, the problem, one thing if that makes any sense. 
I think you can have that option with a Marimi, like to do different things. With the custodes, yeah. we are you know, we're never going to be a, a, a defense line, sort of gun line army. We probably, I don't think if it would be feasible to do it. it, it you could, at a very high points cost sort of thing, if you took Sister yeah. Silence's troops. Yeah. Um, but even then, I think um, I think we can only do one thing. Yeah. I mean, originally yeah. when I was putting this list together, I had two of the spear dreadnoughts in there. Oh yeah. Instead of the shield captains. Oh yeah. Just because they've got the, um, because they've got those uh, those pulsars on the spears, the dreads on the dread spears. Sure. Um, I just it, it's just that finding that balance. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether or not I mean, they're going to, I think they're going to be more survival than survival. Yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, I've sort of done that with my um list for the scottish event in that i've you know taken all of the tanks out all of the shooting out and i've just gone close combat with my world eaters because they're pretty good at it and as long as i can yeah. get them to where they need to be with you know various transport vehicles they, they should be okay but it's that it's getting them where they need to be is always going to be the tricky thing there so yeah, well, all yeah good. now you've got a spartan for your world eaters you're fine well, I have got, exactly, I have got a Spartan, <laughs> that is true. Um, um, I've also got the Storm Eagle, which I'm using as well, so there you go. So yeah. we'll talk about that yeah. next yeah. anyway. So, anyway. Right. Cool, so we, shall we see what events are coming up then? Let's do it. Yeah, what else having? All right, guys, so what we're going to do now is have a quick run through of events that are coming up um, over the over the next few months. Um, well, as far as we can see, um, we've got, um, uh, you know, if we haven't mentioned an event, it's because as far as we're aware, it's all sold out. All the tickets aren't yet on sale. Um, as always, we keep a list of events on our website, so you can always keep an eye on that. And if you want us to shout out your event, please drop us a message on Facebook or email the rush at edge of empire.co.uk. So we'll start off with the uh, 2nd of November. We've got Blood and Glory, uh, which we're all there. So we've spoken about that. We've just gone through our lists and we're, I think we're all really looking forward to it. Yeah, yep, very much so. Can't wait. Yeah. 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 It's going to be good fun. The 3rd of November, uh, so the same weekend, is Death World Akar Part 2, the Rakilian Wars in Southampton. Um, week later, we've got uh, Sin City, um, a Greetings from the Warp event, I believe. Uh, that's in uh, Wellingborough. Um, so that's a small, small-ish event. I think that is a, cent- that's a Centurion event, if I remember correctly. Um, then the 10th, oh, cool. of Nove- 10th of November, it's the... Uh, it? Sorry? So all the cool kids are playing it. Yep, yep, all they, they definitely are. 10th of November, it's the last uh, 30k Frontier event of the year, I believe. The uh, Death World Akar Part 2, Rakilian Wars in Southampton. Uh, then the 23rd of November, you've got Titan Death at Jorilia Station. I'm just going to check because they keep talking about whether this is going to get cancelled or moved by or you know, no update on that. So I assume that's still happening. Uh, 24th of November, it's the uh, clearances of Druum, uh, Common Ground in Sterling. Uh, that's where me and Graham are going to be there. So uh, we'll talk about our list next month. Um, 2nd of December, you've got the Spartanac 2nd second Sedition in Coolsdon um, down in Surrey. Uh, 8th of December, it's the uh, Scouring of Melios, which is the um, 
uh, Road to Terror event. That's at Element Games in Stockport. Uh, 9th of December, you've got the Siege of At- Atan Lai in Salisbury. Uh, 22nd of December, this is a new event that we are asked to shout out, Return to Harmony. Uh, that's in Birmingham. Uh, that's being run by uh, a, bro- a board in Brum uh, um, and Horace Harris in Birmingham. So that looks like it might be interesting. Um, then 20th of January. So our first event that we're aware of of the year is Whack and Cheese, Graham's favourite event. Uh, and that's at the XLC Gaming Centre in Northampton. Yeah, I think that would be quite funny. Uh, 3rd of February, we've got the campaign for Furos, uh, Phase 2 at Wayland Games in Hockley. That's being run by uh, two of the guys that used to be in the Legion of Lies. Um, just a follow-up to the event they held earlier this year. Uh, 1st of March, Company of Legends in Durham. Um, 9th of March is Dispute of Iron in Polesworth. That's a King Fluff event. Um, 30th of March is Horus Heresy Showcase. Um, that's Scribes of War, uh, I believe. Um, uh, yes, Scribes of War, and that is in um, Stratford-upon-Avon. And then finally, 27th of July, uh, Dispute of Iron 2, uh, a follow-up to the um, first Dispute of Iron in March, uh, King Fluff event in Polesworth. So we've got something happening every month up until um, March at the minute. And, you know, we're starting to start. Yeah, it's a new season, isn't there? So, um, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of things going forward, I would like to do one of the 30K Frontier ones next year. That might, depending on our finances, that might be might be viable. Because um, it's, it's a Zone Mortalis event, isn't it? Yeah, Zone Mortalis. Well, hopefully the, the next one will be Zone Mortalis yeah. as well. So I will be next, ne- before they, you know, I'll be keeping an eye on it and hopefully we can... Uh, we can sort out getting ourselves tickets to to at least one of those because it'd be nice to to go down next yeah. summer. I mean, also like, we could know. potentially fly to um, Southampton from Newcastle fairly cheaply. I think if we book in advance, so it might be an option for us, save us lots of travel time. Might be but worth yeah. getting. Might be worth getting in touch with Pete and just uh, and just saying, you know, event organizer to event organizer. Yeah, we should do that definitely. Yeah, yeah, I might. Um, but yeah, we'll have. Um, but because obviously we, we, you know, we'll we'll do our summer event of the year. Um, yeah. And we'll want to and we'll want to to, to to meet up with Chris. So. Yeah, I mean, I saw that was the Chichester one, but I don't know how that went. I didn't hear anything about it. Um, oh, I, I heard lots. Uh, of, I heard lots of good things. Oh right. Okay. Cool. So that might be an option. We'll see. We'll see. You know, Tom, Tom's a good guy. Yeah, I think if I'm. You know, personally, I think the 30k frontier ones are the ones that intrigue me the most. Yeah. Just because we hear a lot about them, that's the thing that always. Yeah, I mean, they, they sound they sound amazing. So, um, you know, definitely be good to go and experience that. I think. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And then. A few uh, ideas we can see. Yeah, <laughs> and then other other events that are coming up. There is the Black Library Weekender on the third and fourth of November, same weekend as Blood and Glory. Uh, that's in Nottingham. So if you are, you know, you're a big Black Library fan, that's definitely for you. I know Greg Dan is very upset that he can't go to it because he's doing Blood and Glory. Um, and then 24th and 25th of uh, November is the Vigilus Weekender, which we've previously mentioned. And then I think there's nothing else going on with, you know, Games Workshop until it will, probably, if they have it, the New Year's Open Day. So that's... That's pretty much all the events that are coming up. So, um, yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, okay, so good. there are there are things. I'd be interested what happens next year with them um, if there are any more events added. Obviously, one would assume there would be. But yeah, it's it's encouraging, isn't it? Like I say, yeah, between now and March, there's a, at least one event every month, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, events are starting to for next year. People are putting the word out saying, yeah, we're going to be doing an event at this point. Um, you know, and um, we're thinking of doing an event, and they're checking dates with other people, and it's cool, it's cool, it's good, it's going to be, it's going to be great. So. We'll um as as events get updated, we'll update them on our website and uh, we'll um we'll mention them on the show. So, um yeah. So shall we go into the close? Yes, let's. Yeah. So that just leaves me to bring this episode of uh, Age of Empire to a close. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Please do leave us uh, some reviews on iTunes. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, um, and there are all links to all of those in the show notes. Please give our Edge of Empires page a like as well because we are massive narcissists and we need constant reaffirmation that we're doing the right thing. So if you feel like doing us a favour, just um, you know give us a little like for the page just so that we can say, look at all the likes we have for no other reason than our own personal gratification. Um, if you do want to get in touch with us, of course, you can uh, our Facebook page, uh, message us from there. Uh, or if you need to send us uh, an email, you can uh, email us on the rush at edgeofempire.co.uk. Um, if you want to help the show out, uh, we've got an affiliate link with Audible, so um, you can just click on the uh, sign on our webpage, which will take you through to the sign-up process, and we'll get we get a little bit of return and investment for your time uh, from Audible. Um, it's a good service, like I say, the guys use it quite a lot. Um, you get a book a month, and all the black libraries on there. Um, also the same with Element Games, which is also on our website. Um, so if you are ordering anything from Element Games and we've you know, highlighted their price differences between them and Games Workshop, if you go through our link on our thing, we also get a little bit of recognition for that as well. So that would be great if you wouldn't mind. Um, anything else you can do, like I say, leave us, leaving us those reviews and stuff on iTunes, um, follow, follow us on Spotify. All of this really does help us. So if you wouldn't mind, that would be just great. So that is it. Uh, next month. Uh, we'll be looking at we have a review of the book Vulcan Lord of Drakes. Uh, we'll also be giving our thoughts on Blood and Guru because we would have attended it by then. And we'll be doing a rundown of Iron Hands. That's going to be our new uh, legion to follow. Um, we're, we're going to go through their rules, their unique units and their all their fluff. So if you're interested in Iron Hands, that's going to be the thing to, to do. And we'll also be going through probably uh, what we're going to take to the Sterling Heresy event as well from Michael and myself's point of view. So if you can join yeah. us, that'd be excellent. But for now, I may I bid you a, a good day, a good evening or good afternoon, wherever you may be when you listen to this. Um, so it's a good night for me, Graham. And it's a good night for me as well. And a good night for me, Chris. Took his time to there, didn't he? He did. There was a bit of delay there. We're not quite as sharp as we used to be, but that could be because it's actually bang on midnight. So good night, everybody. Have a lovely month. And yeah, the hour has changed. Speak to you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Take care. Tired of my lady, we've been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the person.
personal columns There was a letter I read If you like pina coladas And getting caught in the rain If you're not into yoga If you have a brain If you like making love at midnight In the dunes of your cake Then I'm the love that you look for Right to me and escape My lady, I know that sounds kind of mean, but me and my old lady have fallen into the same old old routine. So I wrote you the paper, took out a personal laugh, and though I'm nobody's poet, I thought it wasn't half bad. Yes, I let Peter collide. She walked in the place. I knew her smiling at instant. I knew the curve of her face. It was my own lovely lady. She said, shit, oh, it's you. Then we left for a moment. And I said, I never knew that you like pina coladas. Pina coladas. 